0: Welcome to the Stitcher Podcast Ball, hosted by the king and queen of podcasting, Jordan Harbinger and Hala Taha. We've got an exciting night ahead with amazing set of panels, including panels like Podcaster Etiquette Do's and Don'ts. We've got a panel on monetization, a panel on analytics, and also a panel on how to grow your show. And Jordan, I hear you back there uh, pouring some water or something like that, but I know
1: (laughs) it's Diet Coke. Let's be realistic. It's Diet Coke.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I know that this is probably, I mean, we're going to be here for at least two hours and I think this is probably the longest event or public event that you've ever done at least in a while. Is that right? Well, yeah.
1: Pandemic. I mean, now I can't go anywhere and nor can anyone else for that matter. But yeah, other than emceeing a weekend thing in Vegas, This is the longest thing I've done in a long time. But, you know, really, that's not the concern is not burning out over the next two hours and change. The concern is that my wife's due date was about five days ago, which means there's a non zero chance that she goes into labor at some point having our second child during this broadcast. So hopefully, our new daughter will be polite and wait until we're done. But uh, if I vanish at some point, then that is almost certainly what happens. So wish me luck there.
0: Oh, my gosh. I really hope that doesn't happen tonight. Uh, I was literally praying that the baby wouldn't come today or yesterday. I was just crossing my fingers because I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to host this by myself if this baby comes tonight. Uh, So thank God it didn't. But I'm so excited for your second child. Congratulations.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, I did ask Kaiser Permanente wasn't cool with me doing Clubhouse from the Labor and Delivery room so that's on them but uh i'm excited to be here and i'm glad that we're doing this i think it's going to be a lot of fun i see that we also have a couple of contests as well. And you want to tell us about them?
0: Yeah. So we're going to be running the Stitcher Pitcher podcast contest throughout the night. And at the end of the night, we're going to reveal three lucky winners who are going to get featured in the Stitcher app. Shout out to Emma, who's modding on the stage with us. They're going to get featured in the Stitcher app for one week. And then six lucky runner-ups will get an Elgato face cam. It's a really cool camera uh, that you can use when you're podcasting. And three months of Descript. So these are awesome prizes. And... And all of you guys are going to get to be involved. Um, You can cast your vote by joining the Slick Text community. Just tap that link at the top of the screen and join the Slick Text community so you can cast your vote for the contest throughout the night. We're going to do three rounds of contests, and it's going to be super easy to follow along with. You just uh, It will basically text you when the voting needs to start, and you just cast your vote, and we'll have real-time results. So it's really exciting, pretty innovative. I don't think people have really done too many cast-your-vote contests contest on Clubhouse so I'm very excited about this.
1: Yeah, I think this is fun, it's unique and I know that we wanted to encourage questions as well. Is that still is that still the case, Hollis?
0: Yes, if you guys have a question, DM Kate who's on the stage. You can DM her right in Clubhouse. If you guys have a question for me, Jordan or any of the panelists, you can DM us and we will make sure that we get your question asked if it's relevant.
1: Great. So So once again, DM Kate your question if you need to. And she's easy to find because she's right up there at the top next to Hala and myself.
0: Let's welcome panel one, podcast etiquette, do's and don'ts.
1: So the first panel we have, podcaster etiquette, do's and don'ts. Uh, Manners aren't something that come naturally to guys like me sometimes. So it's always good to have a, a little refresher here. We have a great panel for this. Jordan Mendoza, he's an entrepreneur, a great name, by the way, entrepreneur, business consultant, podcast host of Blazor Own Trail podcast, on which I believe I'm going to appear. We'll see. We'll see if that happens, Jordan. I'd love to make that work. Jason Pfeiffer, whenever he may happen to grace us with his presence, <laughs> editor-in-chief, of Entrepreneur Magazine, kind of a big deal around here. Host of the podcast Build for Tomorrow. And most importantly, personal friend of mine. Love the guy. Dimple Dang, online marketing expert, legal marketing expert, and a podcast coach. Host of the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast. And Robert Tookman. Entrepreneur, co-founder of At Amaze Media Labs, a podcast host, of course. Entrepreneur magazines, how success happens. So, lots of really great panelists here tonight. And let me know when Jason is up here. We don't really want to start with Adam because it'll be a little bit.
2: There he is. There he is,
0: Jason. Jason, Jason, we're waiting all day for you.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought we were at eight ten. I had a minute. I thought I was a minute it's early. A minute. <laughs> Well, thanks close for enough. Showing close up enough. Down to the minute. One minute <laughs> early. Hey, I was I was wrapping up some Beyblades with my kids. So uh, mm. if if you'd like to know, I won the last round. Thank you very much. Well, of course. Well, yeah, glad fingers. to hear.
1: This guy. Well, I would love to kick this off. I think um, now that we have everyone here, Hala, you know, where do we want to start with this particular subject? Because of course, there's so many places we can go with do's and don'ts. I mean, etiquette is such a massively broad topic.
0: Yeah, so I think a really good place to start will be getting guests on your show. So most podcasts out there are interview podcasts. And I think there's some etiquette that comes along with inviting people on your show. So one of the things that I know is a hot button topic is how you should invite people on your show. Because a lot of the times, you know, I get a lot of podcast requests and somebody will be like, Hey, can you come on my show? And then they'll be like, okay, here's the link to schedule. And then they'll have this form that you've got to fill out. So I want to hear everyone's perspective on how you should go about actually asking somebody on your show.
1: Jordan, you just asked me to join your show. So why don't we talk about this? Because it, it, you did you had a unique strategy that involves social media as well as email. And we did have a little hiccup, but it doesn't matter. It's finally happening. So you want to take this one to start?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, so, you know, and it's funny because I think as you learn and as you grow, I'm, I'm coming up on the second year anniversary, January 1st, which is super exciting. And I know my strategy prior, you know, in the first year is, was definitely different than the second year. So, you know, um, the first year, I really hope that anyone, you know, would, would come on the show, right? You have this new thing and you're scared and you're nervous and, and you're out there. So, you know, for me, my original strategy was, you know, just reaching out to people. For one, showing them who I was, by engaging in content, so whether that's you know liking a piece of content, commenting on a piece of content, you know um, engaging on a story, and then if uh, my strategy was if that person interacted back, I knew that that would be the time for me to to strike right. To uh, if they've engaged, engagement sparks engagement, so I'm going to engage back, and then open it up to a conversation and, and try to learn more about them and see if they're a right fit for me. So that was kind of my strategy. And, and to, to ask, answer your question, Hala, the the scheduling link, mine has kind of changed. So now I actually have a a form for people to complete. And then that automatically, uh, once that form's filled out, it actually sends them uh, a scheduling link to pick the best time for them. So my setup has kind of changed, but that's kind of what it looks like today.
0: That sounds like an awesome setup. I feel like that's the best way to go about it. Dimple, I'd love to hear about your approach when it comes to inviting guests or any do's and don'ts you have related to that.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So I do have a form and I use a platform called Typeform to create, you know, online form. It's really quick. It's really easy. And it even has the ability where they can upload their photo and everything. So it makes it super simple. But, you know, it's really about gauging the guests, right? There's some people where even though the form might be something that's only going to take them two minutes to fill out, they just don't want to do it. So you have to gauge that situation and you and you have to like say, okay, are you available Thursday afternoon or Friday afternoon between this time and this time, and you just have to lock them down. So it really depends because some people you'll send them a form and they have said yes, but you'll never get the form back. And then that's going to hinder that interview happening. So I think you really have to like use like psychology when it comes to like reading people and understanding what works for them and then adjusting that way.
1: I think that's very appropriate. There's like, it's almost like you're pointing right at me when you say some people will fill say yes and then never fill out the form. I am definitely that guy. Look, I'll have an organic conversation on any show, but if it's like, fill out all these different things, you know, if it's something my assistant can do readily, then it'll get done. But if it requires a lot of input from me, it's unlikely for me to happen because I think a lot of people who've been in the game for a really long time were used to getting asked to be on shows where, It's the new show. It's a show that's quite small. And sometimes, and that's fine, but they will never launch. It'll never see light of day. So a lot of people like me in my position are wary of spending a lot of time doing pre-production stuff, right? like Recording is one thing. Doing something live is another thing. Pre-production stuff is, it's not a good use of someone's time generally if they're not sure that the show is ever gonna air. So sometimes, yeah, like Dimple said, you really do have to be like, hey, how's Tuesday at 4 p.m.? You know, just to get them to go, yep, I'm free. And then it's locked in and then you can kind of work around all of the rest. So I, I definitely agree with that flexibility as well.
0: 100%. So Jason, I have a question for you because I know that you're always asked to be a guest on other podcasts. Do you have any pet peeves related to the way people treat you as a guest or, or any do's and don'ts you want to suggest for that experience?
2: Uh, yeah. So well, thanks for thanks for asking. Uh, and, and hey, everybody, I have a lot of friends in this room. So it's great to see you all. I do get asked a lot uh, because I'm such a cool guy. No, it's because I'm the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine and people um, think I have things to say. And sometimes I do. And things that really annoy me, well, I was thinking about the forums as we were talking. And I, the thing that always annoys me about the forms is when people ask for things that they should be researching themselves, right? What are the three things that you would want to talk about? Well, I don't know. You tell me because I'm the guest and you should guide the conversation. I'm really always alert to, in any situation in which I'm being asked to participate in something, how much research is being done by the person who is bringing me on. Am I coming in and I'm going to be, you know, involved in a intelligent conversation or am I going to come in and and not be asked interesting questions and not be uh, helpful to their audience because they don't really know how to guide me towards their audience. That's what I ultimately want to do. And I think that's what any guest wants to do. They want to be useful for the audience. And so they want to know that they're walking into an environment in which that audience is well taken care of by by the host. And to me, signals uh, that there are going to be uh, care involved here are where the host is going to be doing a lot of research, where they really understand me and the value that I can bring. And they're, they're, they're clearly setting themselves up for success. And where I don't see that is where I
1: back off. That makes sense. You got to meet them where they are for that. I, I too run into this where someone will have me, look look, it's, I understand the temptation to send somebody a form that says fill all of this out and it's like three things you want to talk about where do, you know please put paste your bio in here send me the the all the content that I need and to be fair I do this to some potential guests who pitch the Jordan Harbinger show as well but I know that if I'm getting this and the person is not doing any other work, that it's not going to go well, and that it's not a professional production. The difference is when I send it out, I've already read that person's book and spent maybe eight to 10 hours prepping, and then they're sending me an outline of some things that I already know that I've already discussed with them on a phone call. So it's very tricky to signal to somebody that you're prepared, and you want to do this, because Jason, it sounds like if they signal the wrong things, they're not going to prepare because you're you're one in a batch of 20 and they're trying to get all their podcasting done for the next six months on a Monday, that you're going to opt out of that.
2: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, look, this is really less about... it. Look, it's not like I am looking at these experiences and saying, how am I being treated? Am I being treated well? Whatever about that. You know, what I'm really interested in is is this a professional production that has very likely built an audience that I care to connect with? And I, I, you know, I don't know how to evaluate that on most of the shows that reach out. So I have to evaluate it based on the interactions that I have with the host and whoever else they're working with. And so if I see that care has been taken, then I think, well, this is Maybe a more carefully produced show where they have thoughtfully produced uh, uh, something of value to the audience and where I am just being asked, what do you have for me? I think this is someone who has probably not built the kind of thing that I want to be involved in because, you know, we all have to make decisions about how we spend our time.
1: Agree. Agree. Absolutely. I think that's useful. And that's what a lot of busy people, aka people, most of us are trying to book on their shows, are, are going to be looking for or are at least going to have a spidey sense when it comes to that. Thanks, Jason.
0: Well, I've got one last question for this panel and then we're going to move along to the Stitcher podcast contest. So my question is really for uh, Dimple here. And I want to know, how do you warm up your guest? Like when a guest is coming on your show, I have like a few things that I do to kind of get them in the mood, to get them feeling comfortable. When you bring them on your show, what do you do to kind of set the mood and make sure you have a great conversation?
4: The first thing I do is I just, you know, I just make small talk. If I know that they have a pet or kids, I'll talk about their cute dog or or their kid. Or if I know that they recently got back from like traveling, you know, to Italy, I'll talk about their vacation. So again, it goes back to really doing your homework and knowing something about your guest. So you need to show them that you care about them. And it's not just about getting the interview, but you care about them as a person and you're genuinely interested in getting to know them better and getting to know what it is that moves them. And so I think it's about not just diving right in, but taking a moment to acknowledge them, to thank them for being there, to, you know, ask them how their day was and build that connection and rapport. Because usually when you're recording a podcast, whether or not you're going to use video, you're probably going to be able to see them on video. And I think it's important to make that connection. And you never know, they might be nervous, you know, they might be nervous, I think having a little bit of that conversation is going to make them feel comfortable. And then also, I always ask them to I'm like, Oh, did you want to go grab some water? Because it's little things like that. And half the time they're like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Like they're not thinking of that because maybe they're rushing. They were in a meeting, they're rushing to get home to be on the show and they're not thinking of things like that. So I think it's just really having meaningful conversations with them so that they feel appreciated. They feel like you care about them as a person and not just as somebody on your show.
0: Yeah. I'd love to hear uh, Robert's thoughts on this. I don't think we heard from Robert yet. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on any of the things that we've chatted about so far.
5: Well, thank you for uh, having me on, uh, Hal. I really appreciate it. Jason Pfeiffer is actually my mentor, first off as a, a podcast host, because when I started hosting How Success Happens, Jason was nice enough to take me out on my my first couple of uh, interviews pre-pandemic and give me feedback, especially the first one I ever did. I think it was with Mark Forgione, the chef, and he just talked the whole time, and I don't think I asked him a question, so... (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) I don't think Jason thought I would be lasting around this long, but I've done over 100-plus episodes, and very thankful for Jason. But um, two things. One is, I think, just in terms of the last question, the most important thing to me is making sure that The guest feels really comfortable, especially some of the guests we're able to get because it's entrepreneur, really high level. You know, they're kind of sometimes worried about maybe some of the things you might ask them. And what I do is I really try and set them at ease initially kind of the point like Dimple said, if there's something in the background, especially nowadays when we're we're doing this over video, that I could talk about, make them really just feel at ease that this is going to be for a lot of these people no longer than 30 minutes. But that's, that's what I, I try and do. Just come across really as personable and uh, nice. And, you know, it tends to work. And then set them into it with easier questions to start. And that, that tends to work well. And then just back on the, the last question with, you know, how do you get some of these folks on the show? I also try to really initially to really get a bunch of really big name guests uh because it's a lot easier than when people look at your list of who's been on the show and and to accept it and i never you know I, i always customize my pitch I'll try and connect through LinkedIn if they're on LinkedIn. If not, I'll try and find their email, their communication team email, and I'll really customize it just to get them on how much I'd love to have them on, what value they could add. And it's amazing, sometimes, you know, I shot an email out of the blue, I found Jim McKelvey, founder of Square, uh, his email and like responded within five minutes. Like, yeah, sure. I'll come on. You know? So it's just about a numbers game sometimes too, and going after who you want. And, uh, that's, that's worked for me so far.
1: And you can always build rapport by talking about your dogs. Cause apparently you have some. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes. And my dog plays a very big part in the podcast. That's why now when I, uh, have my dog and he's actually in another room, he's about eight pounds and he's so loud. You can hear them in here, but um, yeah, I tend to use the mute button a lot when I'm interviewing these days, unfortunately, when I'm in my home office, but people do love dogs. So it, it's always a positive, not when you're taping a podcast, though.
0: It's time for the Pitcher Podcast Contest presented by Stitcher. So, Abdulrahman, I just want to make sure your mic is working. Are you there?
4: Hey,
5: how are you, Hala? Hello.
0: Hey, all right. Um, So we're going to get started with the Stitcher Pitcher podcast.
6: I'm the the first one. That's a lot of pressure, Hala.
0: I know, but you're going to crush it because you've prepared your 45-second pitch, and you're going to get a chance to get featured in the Stitcher app for one week. Um, How it's going to work is we've got a little timer here. You're not going to hear anything until 45 seconds is up, and then you'll hear a little ding. So hopefully you've practiced, uh, and Kate here is going to be uh, unmuting herself in a bit. And we'll get started. So are you ready to go, Abdul?
5: I'm totally ready, Helen. Thank you for this opportunity. It's wonderful to be in this space with, with all of you.
0: Awesome. I'm really excited. All right. Three, two, one, go.
5: Inspired by Rumi, powered by surprising stories, featuring unexpected guests, this being human dives into the kaleidoscope of the Muslim-inspired experience. It's about hearing the world through Muslim ears. And what you're what you'll hear will surprise you, challenge you, and I hope fill you with joy. What show features a Jamaican British poet who topples statues of slavers and gives spiritual advice on the BBC? A Catholic professor who believes. In the message of Muhammad and Bollywood's top songwriters breaking down the advertising jingles that got them their first paycheck. This being human is about engaging a world where faith matters and where we change the way we think, see, and hear Muslim. Wow, came out. Wow, a... There we go.
1: Yeah, that was I really that. good. I was it's a good good bar setter right there, setting it setting it up nice and high. So thank you. of course, but well, I mean, look, yeah, good, good job. Somebody did practice their pitch. See how I told you they would do that? Good. Oh good. Who wants to follow? That's the question, right? I mean, you you, you
0: acted as if you were gonna be scared and then you were like entering door <laughs> It was so good. Yeah. It's like a karate.
5: Well, thank game you move. for you the opportunity, guys. You just just that. I look forward to hearing in. all the other pitches.
0: Yeah, me too. All right. Speaking of that, we've got Tiffany up next. Tiffany, please unmute. Let's make sure we can hear you loud and clear. Yes, I'm here. And I feel like the bar was set high. You did amazing. Yeah. And then I just want to just shout out in case you're in the audience. If you are signed up for the Stitcher Pitcher podcast contest, you got to raise your hand. I'm looking for Dragon. I'm looking for Robert Peterson and Mark Bayer. I think every... Oh, it looks like we've got Mark on the stage, but you don't have your avatar. So maybe I was confused by that. But yeah, if you guys signed up, make sure you raise your hand so I can get you up on the stage. Jordan, do you want to do the honors and count Tiffany down?
1: Sure. Tiffany, you ready to go? I'm going to count you down um, from five, four, three, two. Go right ahead. You'll hear a ding.
4: Can you imagine listening to a podcast that encompasses everything from personal and leadership development and gives you not only practical and tactical, candid tips and tricks to elevating your lifestyle and your leadership tips and everything in your personal and professional life? You know, the Talk With Tiff podcast does that. It doesn't just inspire you by moving you emotionally, but inspires action. It inspires people to take action and move to the next level in their lifestyle.
1: All right short and sweet I love it that's great I ordered or was the train instead of a ding this time I can't tell if that was on your end or if that was from Kate
0: Kate but, are you on mute accidentally did the ring not go <laughs> off salad
1: no salad
0: <laughs> I, I like it I think
1: look there's so many great Shows out there, but some of the stuff that's for, I mean, that's near and dear to my heart. Professional development and personal development. Um, That's how I started, and I still have, you know, one foot in that world. So I dig it. Thanks so much, Tiffany. Really appreciate you on there. And Hala, who do we have next? Are we still waiting for Dragon? Which, by the way, if that's someone's name, that's so cool. I appreciate that. As long as they showed up. If not, then yeah, it looks like Dragon. Dragon,
0: It looks like Dragon's not here. I know he's a Club Pod member. So Steve or Raven, if anybody wants to take a second and, and. message dragon but if not we're going to keep moving along you know uh show has to go on so gianna you're up next i just uh, welcome to clubhouse you're brand new to clubhouse it looks like how are you liking it so far yes yes i signed up specifically for this so thanks for having me (laughs) oh I, i feel so happy about that well we're really excited to hear your pitch are you ready to go yes i am all right kate are you ready with the timer Okay, yes i am Okay, Gianna, three, two, one, go. I host the So Sorry for Your Loss podcast, and from that title you might have guessed, yeah,
7: it's about grief and death. But this is not your average grief group. People need to be talking about this, and people want to be talking about this. I'm a new mom. I lost my dad five years ago, but everybody only wants to ask about the baby. But there are people that want to talk about their people. They want to talk about the weird things that happen in grief and the funny things that happen in grief and things that happen after death we tie in pop culture, we tie in entertainment news. Come on over, have a good time, get the millennial perspective on grief, because you're not the only one going through it. There's a whole community here to support you, to make you laugh, and to make your life a little better.
1: Wow, that's a really important topic. It it comes from, of course, deep pain and deep loss, but it's admirable that you're doing something in that area. Because I, I think... Especially for guys, like I won't speak for everyone, but for guys, it's almost like we're not allowed to show a lot of these emotions. I'm sure you've addressed that on your show. And a lot of guys just sort of suffer in silence and let it take an emotional toll. So it's, it's really, and I like that it's got a comedy angle some of the time because that's important too, right? You can't just be sad all the time. It doesn't work and it doesn't help process those difficult emotions. Exactly, exactly. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: All right. Of course. Thank you, Gianna. Let's do Robert. Robert, are you ready to go? Yes, I am. All right. You sound loud and clear. Good luck with your pitch of your podcast. I'm going to count you down. Kate, I hope you're ready to go. Robert, three, two, one, go.
8: Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The show is fun and encouraging while maintaining a level of professional excellence. We talk business, but we also ask about a favorite date night or how they spend their free time. Add Valued Entrepreneurs is edutaining, leaving the audience with actionable advice they can apply to their own work and life. Our host, Robert, is a thinking coach focused on mindset, beliefs, and manifestation. Our co-host, Noelle, is the heartbeat behind our company, coaching in leadership and process development.
1: Nice. Great. I love the practical. The emphasis on practicals is always good. I think there's a lot of advice out there that is sort of vague or non-actionable, so it's always good to have actionable, practical stuff. Uh, that people can use i'm a big fan of that i do that on my own show a lot you know something people can use right out of the box so they feel like they've learned something tangible right after your show is always a win in my book
0: thanks yeah great job i'm happy you had perfect timing and i'm happy that you practiced that so great job tim i believe you were the one having some audio issues uh can we hear how we how you sound now
1: i'm on speaker now
0: you sound great much better You sound great. You want to give it a shot?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one,
9: go. The future is now, and I'm on a mission to speed the energy transition with solar, wind, and battery storage. I'm Tim Montague, the host and creator of the Clean Power Hour. I created this weekly show to grow a community of clean tech energy professionals and aspiring professionals who are working their way into greening the grid. My audience wants the latest clean energy news and loves my interviews with thought leaders who are creating the clean economy. Together, we're de- we are decarbonizing the economy, one project, one technology, and one podcast at a time. I'm Tim Montague. Let's grow solar.
1: Great. Good. Love the alternative energy angle. That is, <laughs> more, well, more important than ever. And uh, I, I don't think I need to belabor that point. Thank you so much. Good timing as well. Finished on Thank a you. I like that.
10: Appreciate, Appreciate it. that.
0: All right. We are up with our next contestant, Mark. Are you ready to pitch your podcast?
10: I, I, I'm, I'm ready as I'm ever going to be, I think.
0: All right, Kate, get that timer ready. Mark, three, two, one, go.
10: Imagine Carl Sagan, Keith Richards, and your college career counselor walk into a bar and make a podcast. They chat about the cosmos. Are we all alone here in the universe? How far is Mars? And they talk about science. What's the best way to explain the subcortical descending pathways that control motor and autonomic functions? They even have tips on making career changes. Lots of scientists are amazing musicians, you know. And of course, there's killer intro and outro music. Now, these three never met in real life, and this is imaginary. But this pod is out there. It's anywhere you are, anytime you want it. It's at whensciencespeaks.com. Download and discover. This pod is out there.
1: Nice. I see what you did there. All oh, right, mm. under, under the wire. I like the idea of Keith Richards hanging out with my college guidance counselor, although my college guidance counselor was kind of a partier, so it's sort of up for debate which one of them is in worse shape right now these days. <laughs> so, so we'll see. But uh, So you're in the science category, I take it? I think I'm in the science category. Are we duking it out there in that category? Uh-
10: Yes, science communication. I'm not a I'm not a scientist actually myself. I'm a political guy, but I I gotcha. spend all my time yeah. with scientists.
1: That sounds fun. I mean, it sounds more interesting than than a lot of crowds we find ourselves hanging out with all the time. So I think that's a that's a good niche to be in, and I like the idea of the show. Thank you so much. Thank Hala, you.
0: Yeah. Do we have dragon? No. Or so the, dragon's uh, not here. A-walk. All um, right. And but I. I have a special announcement that that could be pretty interesting. So I was chatting with Lauren, uh, who is handling the slick text tech in the background. And she said, we could get a random person from the audience who wants to give a shot and update the survey. And give an opportunity Ooh. for someone to jump in, since Dragon didn't show up. So I see wow. uh, Jerry Williams. I'm not sure if he's actually signed up for the contest or just with his hand raised. It looks like it looks like he just has his hand raised. But if anybody wants to join impromptu for the contest, raise your hand right now. It uh, looks like we have a girl named Steph Sim. I'm going to pull you up to the stage. Hello, everyone. Hey, do you want to go ahead and give your impromptu? You're not signed up for the official contest. I don't see your avatar. Is that right? No, I'm
7: not signed up, but I didn't know
0: that you had to sign up. So I did, in fact, practice a pitch today, thinking that it was at random. Oh, perfect. perfect.
1: Wow, no disadvantage. Throwing it, coming in as a ringer. All right. Already having rehearsed. I love it.
0: Lauren, go ahead and add Steph to the uh, survey and remove Dragon. And we're going to just, you know, keep this agile. And Steph, are you ready for your pitch? Absolutely. Jordan, do the honors.
1: All right. Three,
7: two, one, go.
0: The phrase take action is
7: mentioned more every single day two simple words presented as a solution for pretty much any problem but it's just not that simple the issue is not if we should take action it's how and our world has more information and options available than ever before so that should be easy to figure out right but not necessarily because more information rapidly leads to analysis paralysis which means you're probably not going to take action and that's why I started the podcast start here start now i'm interviewing a new guest each week to give the straight answer on how to take action on your goals from mindset shift instilling new and better habits taking a leap of faith into a new pivot. And the best part is they recommend step one so that listeners can get started on their goals right after listening.
1: Good enough, I'll take it. <laughs> Why not? Hey, look, you can't hit it every single time. I like that pitch. The ding is a little jarring. It's quite loud on my end. So I appreciate that. And you came in not even knowing you had to sign up. I love that. You slid right into home on that one. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, great job. No, that so was, like, that was great. Go. That was great. Great job, Steph. All right, guys, it is time to cast your vote for the Pitcher Podcast Contest Round 1. And with that, we can start to announce the next panel. Let's hold that thought and take a quick break with our sponsors. We got a super cute bungalow in Venice Beach with a fenced backyard. The change in scenery, the fresh air, and the slower pace to help me to inspire some really cool new ideas for my business. And honestly, I'm feeling really refreshed and ready to rock in 2024. And who helped me make these remote work dreams come true? It was Airbnb. And Airbnb has come in clutch for me time and time again. Whether it's finding the perfect Airbnb home for our three-day annual executive team get-together or booking a vacation where my extended family can fit all in one place, Airbnb always makes it a great experience. And you know me, I'm always thinking of my latest business venture, and I've been begging my boyfriend to start hosting our place on Airbnb. And finally, we're going to start. So many of my successful friends host on Airbnb, and it's such an amazing way to generate passive income. So to start, we have a plan to start spending more time in Miami And we'll be hosting our place to earn some extra money when we're back on the East Coast. 2024 goals, and I'll keep you updated. A lot of people don't realize that they might have an Airbnb right under their own noses. I was pretty surprised myself. You can Airbnb your place or spare room, even if you're out of town for just a few days or weeks. You could do what I did and work remotely somewhere else and Airbnb your place to fund your trip. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's airbnb.com slash host to find out how much your home is worth. Young and profiters, it's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur. With inspiration at our fingertips and powerful tools at our disposal, the possibilities are endless. And when it comes to tools that can truly make your business grow, there's one name that always stands out, Shopify. <laughs> Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the real store with the door stage, and even the did we just hit a million orders stage. And if you're in that, I need to sell more with less stage, Shopify magic is your AI superpowered sidekick ready to whip up captivating content that converts from blog posts to product descriptions. Not to mention Shopify also is the home of the best converting checkouts in the game, 36% better than other leading commerce platforms. Shopify turns browsers into buyers. Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. And remember, whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting, and that's all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash profiting to start growing your business today. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. Let's welcome panel 2 to the stage. Show me the money, baby! There's so many different ways to monetize, you know, from affiliate marketing to sponsorships to ads. And we've got a lot of experts who are joining us this time around who really know what they're doing. So Mario Armstrong, he's an Emmy award winning podcast producer host. He's on TV. He's a public speaker. He's a motivator. He is the man. Uh, Many of you guys know who Mario Armstrong is. He knows everything. Everything about getting sponsorships. So, we're going to pick his brain on that. Uh, We also have Anthony Savelli. He is the co founder and CRO of Podcast Ad Reps. Um, So, I think he should be up here. If he's not, raise your hand, Anthony, so we can get you up on stage or Lauren or Kate, find him because I saw him in the audience, but I don't see him on stage now. So Anthony is uh, the CRO of Podcast Ad Reps. They're one of the ad agencies that I actually work with to get sponsors and commercials on my podcast. So he knows everything about getting commercials on your podcast. And then we have Steve Ulsher. Steve Ulsher is the founder and editor-in-chief of Podcast Magazine. And Steve just knows everything about podcasts. So why not have him on the panel too? So we're going to cover a lot of ground here. And with that, we can get the uh, first round of questions started. Jordan, why don't you kick that off?
1: Sure. I'm having a little technical f- kerfuffle right on the front of my screen. But uh, <laughs> I think the, the easiest way to, to kick off a monetization panel is going to be, look, how are you monetizing right now? Because I think most of us know about ads. You know, I'll shill a mattress here and there myself but there are other ways to do that. And I'm curious what maybe some of us are doing that don't necessarily have a full slate of ads. Mario, I know i have heard ads at least inserted into your show. Do you have other ways that you primarily monetize? Uh,
8: Great question. Thanks for having me uh, on this. I would say that, yeah, I think, Everyone knows that doing native ad reads, especially for podcasters, is a really easy way for us to generate income and doing it in the middle of the podcast is really, really a great space to be in. But I would say for me, one of the other things that I'm really have been trying to expand my sponsorship opportunities, and that would be product placements. And really what that means in the sense of the video podcast that we do is that it's just sitting there in the background. I don't have to reference it. I can reference it but um, it's being paid for that space to be seen as a part of the content that I'm creating. And what that does is that does not interfere with my inventory inside of the actual content itself. So we all have a limited amount of time and space when we're doing our shows and our content that we're creating. And you don't want to have a bunch of ads because that's going to turn people off. So you either have to really figure out which ads and brands really work well for your audience. That's the first bit of alignment. But then once you do that, you're gonna run out of certain amount of inventory that you have because you can only do but so many ad reads or so many spots or so many commercials. So what are some other ways that you can actually still use that same content to get brand sponsorship money? And part of that has been product placement for me. So in a lot of my podcasts, I have a display that sits behind me that holds six different pairs of glasses but it was made by Zenny, so Zenny is my eyewear sponsor. But I don't have to talk about them; it's sitting right there, and you clearly see me wearing eyewear in every piece that I'm doing. So, product placement for me would be a nice new area to generate new revenue on top of whatever other sponsorships you may be doing.
1: Yeah, I dig that. I think that's. I've seen things like people who do video podcasts; they'll have a banner that has like FanDuel, you know, in the step and repeat pattern, right? Back, or. Right. Uh, I, I recently had a Glenfiddich whiskey sponsorship, and they're like, "Okay, you're not allowed to legally drink on camera, but can you keep a bottle near you?" And I, would, I had to turn that one down because the frame's really small, and if I'm hugging a bottle of whiskey on all my shows, it <laughs> sort of sends the wrong message.
8: The bottle's like to smack up against your cheek.
1: <laughs> yeah, just sort of like snuggling this bottle you're of whiskey right, for right, two right, hours a right. time. Love it. Um, love I, it. I, mean, I like to do that in my own personal time, but not <laughs> right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for that i anthony i'd love to hear do we have
5: anthony by the way
1: Holla. we do we do, do. You, he's right at the bottom uh,
0: and uh, jordan i know you're new to clubhouse so make sure you pull down to refresh so you can see who's on stage
5: you
1: oh, need to pull down to refresh. Yeah, <laughs> probably
0: that snafu that you were having so anthony is on stage uh-huh. welcome to clubhouse anthony Good. i see you're brand new thank you for joining the app for this event
11: hey jordan Hala, thanks so much for having me uh, really excited to be here with everyone Glad to have you, man. I'm, I'm, look, you're in
1: ad sales. You've placed stuff on my show. I think in the past, I've certainly bought things from you. I know a lot of podcasters ask me this how big of a show do you need before you can land a sponsorship? And I know that that answer is going to be different from what you sell. You know, you're going to be interested in selling, but I think a lot of folks don't know when they can even start to look for ads or they, want to look for ads and and they're barking up the wrong tree, given their size. Do you have any thoughts on this?
11: Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'd like to just say that audience size doesn't necessarily matter. It's not going to be a non-starter for whether you can book ad partnerships or not. What really matters is what type of sponsorships you're looking for. A typical kind of floor audience size for working with an ad agency or a rep firm like Podcast Ad Reps, where I work, um, we typically say is 10,000 downloads per week. And that number doesn't have to necessarily be one episode. That could be a combination of multiple episodes released over one week. Um, the reason for this is that national buying agencies are looking for more scale, and uh, they're trying to move the needle more with their spend. Um, rather than focusing on thousands of smaller partnerships, they're focused on really moving the marker with uh, larger audiences. So, ten thousand downloads is really a good marker for for independent podcasts looking to partner with agencies. However, there are other types of ad partnerships you can book if you have a small audience, even if your audience is in the hundreds or, or lower thousand numbers. And I think we may touch on this at some point later on, but those are CPA deals. So cost per acquisition, those are ads that are booked not on a paid CPM model. Uh, they're more so booked and paid out based on actual conversions. So they're not gonna, a brand isn't going to commit spend upfront to a very small audience However, they, they may activate a promo code for that audience and pay out a certain dollar amount, depending on the cost of product, based directly on how many conversions and how much how many sales you can drive.
1: Right. Okay. So this is like when GoDaddy says, "Hey, for everyone who uses your code, we're going to give you thirty bucks." Versus some of the ads that I might sell where Glenn Fittick says, hey, we're going to give you X dollars and you just have to talk about us and th- they're never going to know if somebody bought whiskey because of my show. They're just going to assume because of the size that people did. But for when I first started, GoDaddy was paying the bills by saying, yeah, if somebody uses your code we're gonna mail you thirty a check for thirty dollars. That's gonna take eight months to get to you. And not that I'm bitter about it. And that's kind of how I made money in the beginning of of the show. That's CPA versus CPM, right? The cost per acquisition or action versus uh, just pure size. Is that
11: kind of what you're talking about? What you're exactly? Talking? That's okay. exactly right. And in, in a par, really, we focus on CPM based ads for the most part. But we we always recommend uh, smaller kind of starting podcasters to to book those CPA deals. Um, we've we've actually heard some great success stories uh, with higher dollar products, like say a mattress that costs twelve hundred dollars per conversion. Uh, those CPA deals will pay out larger shares of revenue per conversion uh, when compared to say an, an underwear brand that costs twenty dollars per conversion. So, product really matters in the CPA space. That makes
1: sense. Yeah, of course. You're gonna if you're selling an eight thousand dollar mattress. You only need to sell a few before you can keep the lights on, right? You don't have to worry about conversion too much. But if you're selling chocolate bar, mail, custom mail order chocolates, that's a lot of chocolate, right? That's a lot <laughs> of athletic greens. You got to shill in <laughs> order to pay the mortgage. So I- I'm with you there. <laughs> exactly, um, hala I know. Uh, I know. We want to get everybody here on the panel in as well. And I'm going to refresh. But I know that Steve probably. Yeah, as, as we do. There.
0: Well, there's, there's a question that I kind of want to ask. And Jordan, I think you can chime into, And Steve, I'm sure you've got an opinion on this. And that's the difference between dynamic ad insertion and embedded commercials. Because I think a lot of podcasters out there, especially up and coming ones, dynamic ad insertion or DAI is kind of a scary concept. It's something that I recently embarked on. And, you know, it's a, pain in the butt to kind of get together. But it is a great option also for people who don't have that many downloads because you can start to sell impressions and like weekly impressions or monthly impressions as opposed to just selling the downloads on your actual podcast. So Jordan, I'd love for you to just break down the difference between dynamic ad insertion and embedded commercials and kind of the benefits of it.
1: Sure. So embedded commercials would be like, just like right now, you know, I'm talking to a guest and I say, you know what won't ruin your life? HostGator, get all you can eat website plans for $10 a month, right? And so right in the middle of the show, I either break conversation with the person that I'm talking to and do it, or I can insert that later in post. Dynamic is an ad that is automatically inserted in your show when someone downloads. And that's a technical solution, but it's great because if you have a show that spans the globe, which all of us technically do, you can target different people in different geographic areas with different ads. So right now on my show, if you download the Jordan Harbinger show in Japan, you will almost certainly hear an ad in Japanese. It won't be me talking in Japanese, just to be clear. It'll be an ad in Japanese for, who knows, some sort of beer or Sapporo or something like that. And if you download the show in a Spanish-speaking country, you'll probably hear an ad for something local to you or no ad at all. And if you download in the United States, you'll hear a Wondery ad or something along those lines. So that's a technical solution that scales out. And it actually doesn't have to be big shows with big international audiences. It can even be smaller shows where an advertiser says, yeah, I'll buy these thousand or so small shows. Just drop my preview for the Jordan Harbinger show into every show on your network and I'll pay $5 or $10 CPM to do that. So dynamic is sort of a way to buy a lot of shows or a lot of impressions all at once and baked in ads are the ones that you hear, the usually the ones that you hear the host doing themselves and maybe endorsing a product.
0: Mm -hmm. Great breakdown. Thank you so much, Jordan. Steve, I'd love to hear your perspective on monetizing your podcast because I know you do a lot of product selling and I'd love to hear about that
12: um yeah i appreciate the opportunity and um i mean the the main form of monetization is just get in a relationship with jordan harbinger and uh and just just figure out how to yes yeah is that that's that's still that's, that's still, yeah are we are we still good on that man or is it are we keeping this on the downloads still? Are we good uh, no. too late now but yeah. too late now all right everybody knows um but no seriously i mean there's there's a couple of different things that come to mind right out of the gate and what, what you're talking about Hala. i mean that i've Spoken about it nauseam. I you might get tired of hearing myself talk about it. Is using your your podcast really as a as a, as a platform for the sale of your own products, programs, and services? I just think a lot of people forget about the fact that what the people listening to are, are most interested in isn't the the Casper mattress or whatever. I mean, it's what you're up to in the world. And so, why would you want to give away that time? And sure, I mean, if you've got someone who's willing to pay more money than you think you can make off of your own offerings, then that's certainly an option. But, um, you know, that, that's number one. I think for most people, you're not going to get to the point where you have enough traction, enough downloads, enough, you know, the numbers just don't make enough sense for someone to pay you what is going to move the needle. I mean, if you've got 5,000 downloads and somebody's paying you 50 bucks on a CPM, that's $250, right? So, you know, and, and to be honest, when you look at the numbers, it takes a lot of downloads to, to break into any sort of real money. And there's just one tenth of 1% of all the shows that are going to get to those real money figures. So definitely want to think about, you know, how can I turn, even if it's a thousand people, I mean, think about it like right now, you've got a thousand downloads per episode. Think about what it would take to do an event with a thousand people there. I mean, that's a massive undertaking, but think about how much they're into you, right? If they show up, to hear you speak on a particular subject that you put together a one, two, three day event, whatever it is. I mean, you put a thousand people in the room all day long. That should be a four or five million dollar event. I'm not going to get into the mechanics around that, but it would happen all day long in person. So why wouldn't you do something similar when you have a thousand people listening to you every single week? That's a massive number of people that I think we take for granted. We get caught up in the the much larger numbers. I've got another idea as well, but I'll, I'll take a breath there.
1: Yeah, you're right. I used to have really strong opinions about this as well. I didn't run ads for a really long time. I had products and services that really paid the way for the the Jordan Harbinger show as it now stands. But over time as the show grew, I realized, wait a minute, the amount of work I do to create a show doesn't really go up even if the audience doubles, right? I don't double the amount of work that goes in. It's still the same product. Whereas live events or selling software or training courses online, you know, I didn't love doing it. And also it required customer service and things like that. So I sort of outgrew it because I realized I can just read books and talk to smart people and make more than I was doing running live events, having a live premises, customer service support and things like that. So I agree, I've done both ways. And you're right, it does take a lot to get to the scale where you can merely sell some vitamins and pay the mortgage or, you know, talk about uh, elections or Apple watches or whatever it is that day uh, and and make that money. But you're right. There's, there's almost no scenario at any scale that you would make more money just having sponsors at 25 to 35, or even $50 CPM. You know, Mm -hmm. because like you said, a thousand people let's say 1% of them bought your product and your product's $300. Well, you're getting $25 for that ad for that. Right. So you just brought 30K. yeah, Right. And you just made 30K off of selling your, your course. So there's just huge differences in the amounts of money that you can make, uh, and revenue you can generate off of an audience. Uh, as long as you're serving them well, that's really the idea. Otherwise they always go away. So, so there we go. Thanks, Steve.
12: Yeah, and let me just bounce off of one other thing that you said there, um, because I think it's important and you I just don't want to gloss over it. You know, one of the best ways, and just continuing the discussion around monetization, one of the best ways to to monetize your podcast, how staying on that theme, is to monetize the relationships that you cultivate through your show. And I think a lot of people forget about the value of those conversations and how those conversations can turn into real relationships that are monetizable. Now, that can be either directly or indirectly. If you have someone on your show, I mean, Jordan can speak to this, I'm sure, and I have countless examples of people that has come on a show that he's actually become friends with or, or gone into business with. It's been the same uh, for us, right? And I can tell you that what a lot of people forget about is if you just simply ask a question at the end of the interview that is related to your business or or, or some sort of initiative that you have Coming up in the next two, three, four, five, six months, and ask for help around that. You have done them a favor by handing them a microphone, you know, for the better part of an hour and sharing your audience with them. It is not out of the question for you to ask, not necessarily directly for help, although some people might do that, but to ask for a referral or to ask for guidance around something that you may have coming up that you need some some assistance with. So. I'll just simply say in summary that it is also possible for you to monetize relationships that you cultivate through your podcast, either directly or indirectly.
1: Great. Perfect. Thank you so much. Mario, you mentioned that you had some product placement and some other sort of of out-of-the-box ways you've seen people monetize their shows. I'm wondering, one, if you have any other ideas like that that you've executed, and two, how do you bring to the brand the idea that you're going to do that instead of like, yes, I'll read your copy on my show or, or I'll read your copy. But in addition, I will keep this pair of glasses on my face for the entire time and mention that that's where they're from. You know, a lot of the times companies are doing things at scale. They don't really think let's be creative with it. They're just thinking like, all right, I've got 500 shows, send them the copy, have them read the copy the end.
8: Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, for me, it starts at the beginning of the process. So often it depends on how the, obviously depends on for many of us, how the opportunity is coming. If it's coming to you, then you can be in situations where you have less flexibility for that creativity. It's like, here's the here's the ask, here's what we're doing, yet we're sending this out to a hundred other people. Is this something you want to do? And in those cases, I still try to push back and say, hey, this is great but can we also add a clubhouse room? Can we also maybe do this? And often, instead of just answering the pitch that's being presented, because I'm assuming everyone else is pretty much probably answering it back, just like the transaction that it feels. Oh, you wanna pay me X to do Y, yes or no, and they get the transaction and keep it moving. In most cases, what I do when that happens is I take an extra step. I actually send a video letter response. So I don't send an email reply back. I send a video reply back. And if it's an agency, it's going to be harder than it is if you're going direct. Direct is always going to be easier in my experience and also a bigger bag. But if it's an agency, I go back to them and say, hey, look, I know you have this campaign. that's very important to you. I know this is your priority right now. This just happened to me with Google who wanted to announce a new feature with uh, work groups that they're doing. And so I said, hey, I get it. We can do that thing. I'll do these five posts. No big deal. But what about also a clubhouse room of this, of that, an IG live where we do a demo and all these things. And so what I do is I just take the opportunity when it comes to me to try to get them to expand, understanding that they have a specific campaign in mind and that's really what their agenda is. But I'm also trying to seed myself for future opportunities that may be in part right then and there. So what happened in that case was hey, you know, we really need this thing done for now, but we love the idea of this clubhouse room. So let's table that and let's have a meeting in the next week. And then I'll be like, okay, what day? Like I push back and get the day. And so that's one strategy that really has helped me not just take at surface value what's coming to me, Now, on the flip side, when I'm actually doing the outreach, which is the majority of how I get brand deals, because I prefer to go direct to the brand, because I know that if I can get inside of the brand directly, the bag is going to be much bigger. And that's because the agency in a lot of cases, they have the company as the client and they have to make that client look great. So they got to get them numbers and they have a different agenda. But when you can go into the brand directly, that's where you can start really having creative discussions because now you're pulling in the social media team. You can also pull in the events budget. You could also be pulling in communications or you could be pulling in uh, diversity and inclusion you could be pulling in a corporate social responsibility. So in every large corporation, there's about six or seven different departments where there's actual funds allocated for all types of things that are promotional for the business. And so I just find that getting into the brand is the best way, and so the answer to that is if you do it that way with that approach, which is the approach I teach, Then you actually have a conversation with the brand. It's not so much about their current campaign. It's about what their needs are now and going forward and how you or your audience really matches well to their needs. And then that starts a creative discussion and you start becoming more of a problem solver for them more than just another buy, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it it allows you to punch above your weight, right? Instead of saying, I've got three thousand people, that'll be seventy-five dollars, you're saying, Well, it's three thousand people and Holla's like the master of this too, right? She's like, somehow you want to buy ads and then suddenly you're doing a clubhouse and there's like Instagram happening and you're flying to Reno to do a talk, and it's like, wait, what happened? And she's like, Here's a fat check, because she knows what she's doing, and you sound like you're you're in that same camp where they come to you with a copy in hand, and then they leave with a full 360 integration. You know that's a great way <laughs> right. for yeah, that's right. for shows to make some money. And, yeah, and the best you.
0: the best thing about that is there's no standardization in terms of the cost, so you can charge whatever you want when you start to go beyond just CPM commercials, which I think is really
8: so true. That's a really astute point. And that's really, you guys, don't gloss over that for those of you that are listening. What Hala just said and Jordan just teed up is really, really smart because, and, and we heard it from, I can't remember the gentleman that was also talking about the agency. It's not about the following. It's about the quality of your audience. So for many of you, you'll hear often all of us talking about knowing your audience, knowing your audience. And the reason why is because when you know the value of your audience, like if you know that your audience travels five times a year and 82% of your audience is a traveling audience, it doesn't matter if you're doing a mental health or a science podcast. You have people that also travel. So that means Delta, that means rewards points, that means luggage companies, that means eye masks, that means headphones. A lot of other companies want access to your audience because of what they're doing and what they buy and how they live. So when Hala can repackage, and say, hey, I can also do these other things, and they were like, wow, we just came to you for this, but now we're getting all of these things, it's because she's also communicating the value of her audience and how that matches up well so that it makes it easy for her, and now she's in a space, and I'm in a space, and Jordan's in these spaces where we don't have any other metric guiding us. There's no other thing to compare us to, so we can say, oh, that's $22,000, and it's up to them to really believe, like, oh, this is a great deal that we're getting or not. But if there's no, you're not playing by the same rules when you start to get into that space. And that's a very astute point that a lot of people should try to, try to get to and try to enter because it does give you more freedom and more opportunity, in my opinion.
0: Mm. Thanks
1: so much, Mario. Appreciate that. So, Hala, you want to start off uh, with the pitches here?
0: Yeah, sure. And I just want to remind everybody, like Jordan just said, if you're entering the room now, this is an audience vote. So you guys get to vote for the winner. So make sure you tap that link at the top of the screen and enter to cast your vote so you can be ready to go. We're going to kick it off with the first pitch of the night. We have Sharice Alexander. You're up first. Uh, I want to make sure your mic is working. Can we hear you? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound loud and clear. Are you ready to go? It's born ready. Let's do it. All right. (laughs) Three, two, one, go. My name is Sharice,
4: and I'm the co-host of the TNG podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. While our show explores issues of gender equality, addiction, trauma, and other themes found in the Trek universe, it's also so much more than that. It's an entry point to a larger community which lives right here on Clubhouse called the Sci-Fi Matters Club. Together, we've created a community where people feel heard, accepted, and celebrated for their passions, some for the first time in their lives. For every new member we welcome home, there are thousands of others who would gladly join us if only they knew about us. Winning this contest will help people all over the world finally find a safe space to geek out. If this resonates with you, be sure to vote for Sharice Alexander. Thank you. Wow,
1: right on time. Mm,
0: perfect right timing.
4: This is
1: this is one reason why I love podcasts, though, because you think like, okay, Star Trek, yeah, it makes sense. There's a podcast for that. Gender equality, inclusion, okay, there's a podcast for that. No, 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 there's a podcast about Star Trek and that together in one show, and that kind of thing only really happens with podcasts because you can't like you can niche down so tight that you can do you can really fit a niche just absolutely perfectly, and I I love that about podcasting. It means you can literally talk about anything or anything any combination of things and still find an audience and I love that. Thanks, Cherise.
0: Yeah, thank you. Great job. Great job. Okay, we're going to move it along to the next uh pitcher podcast contestant. We have Yoval Selik, and hopefully I said that correctly.
13: Yuval Selik? Yes.
0: Yoval mm-hmm. Selik. Selik.
1: Yeah, of course like Tom Selik. Oh well, man, now
0: I feel old like
13: Robert now- Duval with no D and Tom Selik, so if Robert Duval and Tom Sel- and Tom Selik had a baby.
0: Okay, All right, Jordan, you want to do the honors countdown? Three,
13: two, one, go. Hello, everyone. My name is Yuval, and I'm the host of the Seven Hats podcast. For me, it all culminated one late evening as I was sitting in the corner of my bedroom sobbing uncontrollably. I was about to lose everything, my marriage, my company, my health, my spiritual connection, and most of all, my self-worth. And at that moment, I was forced to make a decision. Blame everyone around me for my failures or take responsibility for what showed up in my life. And despite all my achievements, I was still unfulfilled. And for the next decade, I spent time focusing on all the other areas of my life outside of my company that ultimately fulfilled me as an entrepreneur. See, I burned out, I bottomed out, and then I figured it out, which inspired me to create the seven hats to help entrepreneurs develop and gracefully balance the seven critical areas of their lives so that they're able to provide the impact they seek and the fulfillment they crave.
1: Great, perfect, right on time, man. People did rehearse. I'm, I'm surprised. I got to admit, I was like, oh, people didn't, people probably didn't pitch that much or rehearse their pitch that much, and everybody's pretty much nailing it. I really love to see that. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate that. I, I, Holly, you don't know who Tom Selig is. See, this is the stuff that makes me feel old. You've all, you know who. Who that is, obviously, you've heard it your whole life. But the fact that she, she's about to Google this and be like, oh, that guy, I've never seen him in my life. No, it's just
13: because I'm you know, old. You,
0: know, you know, I do know who that is because I had a, a, I oh, had a, an God. accountant. No, not because I, like, know it because, like, I watched him or something. I had a teacher right. who was uh, older and who had a crush on Tom Selleck uh, when I was in college, so that's how I know who he is.
13: <laughs>
1: okay, well, I don't know if that makes me feel less <laughs> old, but at least you know who he is.
13: I just need to grow a mustache, that's all. There you
1: go. That's all you're missing. <laughs> yeah, That's all I'm
13: exactly. Missing. Well,
0: great Thank job. You so Thank you so much for practicing your pitch and coming on and rocking it. We're going to move along to the next one. We've got David Allen. You're also yes, you have the same name as a very famous productivity expert and author who I've had on my show many times. David, how are you?
14: I'm doing well. You can call me Dragon. No, not not really. I'm not really Dragon.
0: I was going to say, uh, I was confused because Dragon didn't show up.
14: <laughs> every, 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 well, everybody's been talking about Dragon wasn't <laughs> wasn't, wasn't here. And so I was going to just like, you know, I was going to try to steal Dragon's thunder. But uh, no, I've really enjoyed listening to everyone. Uh, Mario and I have been texting back and forth and uh, Jordan. Um, uh, really, really good stuff. And our, our podcast is a little bit different. We're, we're not um, a, a, a live podcast with interviews. We actually do audio dramas, a, a lot like Wondery. But we're different because we're based in Nashville, Tennessee. And we have a, a full-time staff of professional hit songwriters who've written songs for Vince Gill, George Strait, Cheryl Crow, Marin Morris, Sheila E., Ariana Grande. We, we've got a, a staff of, of incredible singer-songwriters. And so in our audio dramas, we embed this new and original music. And it's all family-friendly stuff. You can listen mm. to it with your kids. So there's no worries. If you're on a getting on a plane or if you're getting in the van to drive to the beach for two hours or three hours, you can listen to our stories and enjoy the songs. And it's 100% Family-friendly, great quality music, and our our tagline is "great stories and epic songs." Gotcha. Instead of instead of epic songs and great uh, or epic stories and great songs, it's epic. It's great story, <laughs> great stories and epic songs. We're not we're not trying to remake To Kill a Mockingbird here. It's all straight down the uh, the lane, uh, Hallmark Channel kind of stuff. Wait, the wait, wait. Songs wait that's like, David, I'm confused incredible.
0: right now. I'm very what? confused.
14: What? <laughs>
1: You gotta wait for the count. That was a good pitch, but I'm very. I think we broke the format here. But
14: that's a yes, I the broke podcast. the format. I am dragon.
1: Breaks the format as well, so it, it totally makes that was very meta to break the format of this particular contest.
14: But that's but I pitch. love I love what Mario's talking about with the uh, with the product placements because what we're doing is is exactly what he's talking about is audio product placement where you know Jim goes to the refrigerator and grabs a Coke. Well, why did he grab a Coke? Because Coke paid and Pepsi didn't, you know? That's funny.
0: That's funny
1: that you monetize it that way.
14: Yeah. Some genius.
0: Well, thank you so much, David. I want to be fair to the other contestants because you've had a lot of time to pitch your your show. But I guess that was your pitch. So thank you so much. That was my
14: pitch, and I'm asking for your vote. Sneaky. Sneaky I'm asking for Dragon's vote.
0: Don't confuse everybody. Your name is David. He's going to be David on the vote. Thank you so much, David, David. for your time. We're going to move along and go to the next contestant. That is James Perdue. James, I would love to hear if your audio sounds loud and clear.
15: Uh, Can you hear me now?
0: You sound great.
15: Yeah. Uh, Hey, uh, hey, uh, uh, these these pitches are awesome. I appreciate uh, I'm getting the opportunity to hear this and thank y'all for the opportunity for me to provide a pitch. And David. I'm just down the road from you, man. I'm in Gallatin.
0: Wow, small world. Awesome. Small world. Well, James, I'd love to count you down. Are you ready to go?
15: Yes, 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 yes.
0: All right. Three, two, one, go.
15: As a person with a disability, I was paralyzed from playing football. I was told i will never walk again, possibly not move from my neck down, and to go into a nursing home at the age of 19. Well, on the Professor of Perseverance podcast, we interview people who have overcome adversity, struggles, to help other people find their way to learn that life is still worth living. They provide hope, inspiration, and motivation for others to get through today. I'm Dr. James Perdue, the Professor of Perseverance. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. I see what you did there.
1: You know, I have to say your accent is very charming.
15: Does any Hollow,
0: mm-hmm. what do you
1: think? I mean, it, I was
0: I was texting him I was texting you offline there, being like, His voice is so cute. He's yeah, very yeah. charming. I like that.
1: I dig that. But also you you could bring in the doctor label, so you got the authority and the charm. I like that's a good combo. I can appreciate that. Thank you so much for the pitch.
0: Yeah, great job.
1: That was James Perdue. If you're casting your votes. All right, Holla. All
0: right. So we've got Carolyn. Carolyn is somebody who joined impromptu, who's taking one of our available spots for the Pitcher Podcast Contest. Carolyn, thank you for having the guts to come up and pitch your podcast with very little practice. Are you ready for your 45 second pitch? Yes, I am. As ready as I guess I'll be tonight. Okay, well, I think you're going to rock it, so I'm going to count
16: you down, okay? Three, two, one, go. We're facing more than one pandemic. In addition to the one we're so familiar with, we're facing a pandemic of chronic disease. Our brains are mismatched for for the way our society works today, and qualities that helped us survive the millennia are now making us unhealthy in our current environment. There's unhealthy food all over the place. We live in a hustle culture. We laugh and we say, we'll sleep when we're dead. And these aspects of our society aren't serving us well. And we realize oftentimes the need to get healthy and then we go all out. But we shoot for the stars. And next thing we know, we're back where we started or maybe worse off. And we're thinking we can't change our health. Well, I'm Coach Carolyn, and I'd love for you to join me on the Wellness While Walking podcast. And I'll share how our next small step no, you can no, finish. You can finish. Okay. you can finish. <laughs> and I'll Good. share how you our next small step can make an outsized impact on our health so we can live our best lives.
1: Yeah, you can look, you can finish. I appreciate you being such a stickler for the rules, but yeah, when the bell goes, <laughs> just finish this finish the thought. That's great though. I really appreciate that, especially having not had any just totally impromptu. That was impressive. I don't think many people can sort of pull that out of thin air. So That speaks to a skill all all its own. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, yeah. you are welcome.
0: Great. Uh, Sasha, you're up next. Are you ready for your pitch? Good evening, everyone. Yes, I am. Okay, I'm going to count you down. Three, two,
16: one, go. You're thinking too much. You're worrying too much. Stop overthinking things. These are just some of the discouraging comments a momologist hears from others. When you're a mom, there's no such thing as overthinking it. We subscribe to the old Russian proverb, dovryay, meaning trust but verify. Here at the momologist, we like to challenge the status quo by mastering the art of overthinking through research analysis and inquiries. We bring the experts and industry leaders to the table to assist our mammologists with their research. This podcast is a roll call for overthinkers to be part of a learning community like no other. I'm your host, Sasha Culpepper. Join me as we take Mama Knows Best to a whole new level and champion the idea that overthinking is underrated. Wow, right on the dot.
0: Yeah, no practice either and super confident. Great job. Thank
8: you.
1: Yeah, overthinking. It's something that I feel like maybe I do, but now I don't. I don't know. I'll
8: have to uh I'll have to think
1: about
16: it. So So I I have to confess, guys, I had a timer going as well. So (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Look, as you should. Thank you so much for having me. I was I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, good job. Thank you. Yeah, great job. Julie, you're up next. Are
0: you ready to go? Yes, all set. Okay, Julie, we're gonna count you down. Three, two, one, go. If you're ready to monetize your
1: podcast, one of the very best ways to do it is with an online course or a mini course. Like Steve Wilshire said, this is the perfect way to earn some money from a podcast, even if you're not ready for advertising just yet we talk all about keeping your courses super simple on the course creators HQ podcast. We talk about marketing, we talk about selling and my guests help you do it step-by-step and keep it easy. So it doesn't have to take you months and months. So come join me and my guests at the course creators HQ
0: podcast. And this is Julie when it comes time to vote. Thanks so much. Nice job. Let's give it up for panel number 3. Dude, where's my analytics?
1: Now this is useful especially because I got to tell you as as somebody who buys a lot of ads, I buy a lot of promo for the Jordan Harbinger show. In fact, I hear from many of you that it's so so much that it's annoying, which is a good sign that I'm doing it right. But a lot of people when I go to buy ads, they'll tell me something like, "Oh, I don't know how many downloads per episode I get or I don't know" how many downloads that I get per month, or whether they're IAB approved or or, or certified, or anything like that, so I want to make sure that we discuss a little bit of that, and we've got my friend Chris Krumitsos, Guinness World Record holder for the largest attendance for a virtual podcasting conference in one week. That is very specific, Chris. Uh, And a leading expert on podcasting and on-demand audio, an all-around great guy. And another friend of mine, Brian Barletta, the voice behind the Sounds Profitable podcast. He writes the Sounds Profitable newsletter, which is part of the Pod News Network. Both very, very sharp guys, and I'm very grateful to have them both here uh, right now tonight. Can, or are they both here, Holly? Can you, can you? They are.
0: They're at the bottom. For that? at the bottom of the screen. If you just pull down to refresh, you'll see pull- Brian see and Chris. Who didn't update his avatar? He did not follow the rules, but that's okay. Oh, that's I still why love you. I see him.
17: Yeah. Looking for that avatar.
0: You thought he was just a contestant, an impromptu Sorry contestant. Sorry about
17: that. I got my pitch ready, though. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
0: good.
17: Good.
0: All right. Well, let's kick off this panel. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a small panel. So if anybody on the stage wants to, to chime in, just flash your mic and we can get you guys incorporated to anybody who's, who's still on stage and wants to chime in. So I'd love to start with the basics. And to me, the basics of podcast analytics are IAB downloads and getting a definition of that. So I'm going to kick it over to Brian. What is an IAB download and why do they matter?
6: Hey, thank you for having me here. Um, So the IAB, the Interactive Advertising Bureau, the entire focus is to provide standards to different advertising industries. And in podcasting, We need something to standardize around. So they consider a download when 60 seconds of the audio of the podcast has been downloaded by the listener's device. So that means when you press play on a podcast, you're requesting a file from the hosting platform, uh, whichever one you use. And uh, once 60 seconds of the audio has made it to the device, not that you've listened to it, but made it to the device that counts as an IAB verified download. So the
1: idea here is before every platform from Libsyn to Podcast One to Captivate, right? they all sort of had their different definition of a download and there was nothing standardized. So you'd buy impressions on one platform at one CPM and it just would have no bearing on what you were getting for the same amount of money at the same CPM on another platform. So they standardized all of it and it got really confusing for a while because most people weren't using it and nobody wanted to be the first one because it would revise your numbers downward a little bit. And so it, it got kind of scary for creators. But now, of course, it's a, it's a boon to the space. What is it that is so important about this, by the way? Let, actually, let me back up the truck a little bit. What metrics do you think are key? Is it really just about IAB downloads? Now, we did talk about monetizing your show in different ways, so that's not necessarily what I mean. but. Are there other metrics that one might want to have a handle on when selling advertising to, say, a sponsor or a brand? Chris, maybe this is a good one for you since you do a lot of this.
17: I mean, we go with the IAB downloads, but the the metrics might be the demographic of the audience. So for Katie, my wife, she has the Women's Meditation Network, so she has a female audience. So we deal with a lot of brands that want to cater to female audiences. So you want to know also... The age demographics, there's a lot of metrics when you start getting into it, depending on who your host is, what you have in the back end. But that will drive up the CPM, depending on how specific you get on your metrics and how well you could match a really great uh, sponsor advertiser with your audience. So that's kind of something that we're always looking for. Like there's certain brands that do really well with Katie's podcast. um, And we're always looking for those brands because it's a perfect alignment for both audience, for the the brand and the audience that she's serving. Where do you get
1: your demographics, by the way? Because a lot of people are like, great, okay, cool. I I know when I first started with my show on Podcast One, they sent some survey out to thousands of people that I advertised on the show, and that's expensive. Not everyone can do that.
17: I mean, it's depending on your hosting platform, usually they have, um, for us, we, we work with a lot of different, we have different places, but let's just say, in her download stats, we'll look at the age demographic. Obviously, because we're catering to women specifically, we know one part of the demographic right out the gate, but then we look at the age demographics in the stats. And from those stats, we could deliver those different demographics for the sponsors.
1: Perfect. I know some hosting platforms have this sort of built in, right? Like Captivate, for example, will say, hey, this is sort of who's listening to you based on IP address, right? And and services like Chartable. Actually, Brian, why don't you t- tell us about this? Are you familiar with like Chartable sales sheets and things yeah. like
6: that? Yeah. Tell us about that. Absolutely. Really. So Thanks. so first off, I think the <clears throat> the easiest way to go about it, honestly, is to look into Spotify, right? If you need those additional demographic data, because if you have any amount of listeners on Spotify, Spotify has app-based data specifically about the people who listen on Spotify to your podcast. And that's free, you know, if your podcast is on Spotify after all. The next step after that, I really do like, I I wrote an article about it, and uh, Edison Research provided a free template to do your own survey that costs you nothing. You put a uh, link to it, you do a survey monkey, uh, you set it up correctly, and you can ask your audience to fill out their demographic info or all sorts of interest. And it's really good to have stuff like that. Um, So that's another great path. But let me tell you that a newsletter all about podcast ad tech to the people who will be buying and paying these services, I still only got like the standard 5% response rate. So until you get close to 100 responses, hard to do a lot with that. Chartable and pod sites for third parties provide IP-based demographic info so if you use them for prefix analytics so what that means is if you set them up to be the first url called before the podcast player calls the specific file they're able to gather the information about the listener and able to augment that with the device graphs they use which have a ton of data tied to ip address so um PodSites has it uh, built into their UI and Chartable does as well. But I think what's really neat about the Chartable one, and I've been very impressed with it, is that it is formatted in a way that it just kind of kicks out a sales sheet. And I think that every podcast publisher out there um, should be putting together a one pager of who they are, what their metrics are, their best foot forward to kind of present themselves. And I think that goes really well with the last panel. Um, but both of those services, the PodSites and Chartable One do cost, I think it's about $100 a month. Some hosting platforms do provide it. The biggest thing I want to remind you is that IP-based demographic information and other information is directional because it can't tell down to the individual listeners. So if you have a high user base of Spotify listeners, it's not bad to use that data too, especially as you're kicking things off. Great. That's
1: really helpful. Um, This next one may also be for you, Brian. I want to talk about reviews and rankings and things like that because I think especially when I was first starting out years ago, nobody really knew much about reviews. Then there was like a decade where everybody thought you needed a lot of reviews to rank highly and that's just not how it works. Uh, I know you're very familiar with this. Can you debunk this for us? Because I think a lot of people stress about ratings and reviews and they're kind of meaningless i mean not that they're bad to have but they don't do i
6: actually we we i know he's here and i'm gonna put him on the spot james cridland is here and he's wrote about this extensively the value of reviews and ratings so james runs pod news and is literally the only reason any of you know about me um so is it possible to have him speak i know he's speaking on a later panel but i think he could do way better at explaining that than i could
0: yeah, if we can get I'll, him up on stage here. Let me see if I can find him.
18: Okay. In the meantime, I'll ask you something else while Oh, there he is. On He's on
0: that. stage. He's oh. on stage. Oh. Go oh, ahead, James. Here we go. Yeah, would love to hear it. <laughs>
18: Well, there we are. Thank you very much, Brian. I'm enjoying this, uh, Jordan, as well. Um, Yeah, in terms of um, uh, ratings and reviews, there is literally no effect um, with the Apple podcast charts. So if you really care about the Apple podcast charts, Apple say that it's um, based on new followers as well as completion rates and total plays. I actually published something yesterday in podnews.net today, sorry, uh, saying that um, actually it appears to be just purely just new follows. So um, that's all that really matters. And ratings and reviews, yeah, they're probably nice. They probably get you a few extra uh, human beings having a listen to you, but they don't have any effect on the chart.
0: Do you think that it has an effect on the chartable industry charts, especially the trending charts? Because I've noticed that I always hit number one when I get a big push or, or I'm doing a big media buy and I get a lot of reviews, I always hit number one on the trending charts.
18: As far as I'm aware, the Chartable trending charts are just the same as the Apple podcast charts. So where, where Chartable has its own charts, then my understanding is that it is just based on the download data that, that they already have. But obviously, in order for you to rate something, you have to have a listen to it, right?
16: Mm.
0: So then the question is, and I think nobody, I'm sure so many people on stage are curious about this. What actually does impact podcast rankings? Like what is exactly measured and how can you put your best foot forward to rank on Apple charts or chartable charts?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what Brian was sort of saying, right? It's completion rates and new followers, but they leave it a black box deliberately. Am I right?
18: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they don't want you to know. uh, I mean, there's Apple charts. Don't forget, only forty percent of people use Apple. There's uh, Spotify charts, which are worked out in a very different way. Um, There are uh, other charts, uh, Chartables charts, and various other things. No, no podcast listener is ever going to have a look at uh, Chartables charts, by the way. So I wouldn't worry about those whatsoever. But I think uh, in all of these, they're all worked out in a slightly different way. There's a big long article about this that podnews.net. If you search for podcast stats, then you can go really deep into the weeds about how these things work.
0: Love it. Thank you so much, James, for, for your contribution here. Jordan, any other questions from you from the panel?
1: Yeah, I I would like to ask Chris what he thinks about presenting or how he presents analytics to sponsors or guests. You know, what matters to sponsors and guests? Are you saying, and, and I know that you don't necessarily have guests on your show, but when you advise other people as well, what are you showing them? You know, you don't want to overwhelm people with information. You want to give them one or two things that look impressive enough for them to pull the trigger. And that's kind of it, right?
17: Well, okay, so if you're talking about a niche show, absolutely. You want to create a very nice sponsor deck that has very simple facts and details about your show. And if it's niche, you could charge a premium. It's different than when you're you know, in the hundreds of thousands of downloads and now you're shopping around and usually you have agents that work with you and you're getting pitched to sponsors. So you want to keep it nice and simple, even when it's a niche sponsor, you want it to look good. And then if you're dealing with the niche, which most podcasters are not in in the certain level where they're doing hundreds of thousands of downloads a show, you could literally just package like a presenting sponsor and create a premium because you're dealing with very niche um, audiences for that sponsor. So we've done that a lot with the the produce industry show. He niches down. He has like a presenting sponsor for the year. He charges I think it's around fifteen thousand dollars for the year. So you could package it depending on who your industry is, and we've taught that to tons of podcasters has done very well, creating presenting sponsors for the year, and packaging the whole the whole world of what they're doing.
1: Perfect, thank you. And Brian, I know this is going to be tough to keep brief, but I'm so curious how you imagine the future of podcast analytics evolving. Like, what are we what, are, what more What more information do we need and What are we going to get with like IPv6 and all the Apple hiding our IP address? Like, are we going to get better analytics or are things going to get worse and how so? And and yes, I know that's hard to keep brief, but maybe you can try.
6: I'm going to be as brief as possible on this and and simply say that the people making million dollar deals are the people that have to worry about that, right? Billboards still sell out out-of-home advertising works, mail advertising works, TV advertising works. Podcasting just has downloads as our metric, and while that might not be great for someone coming from Facebook, they also just lost all their really, really specific analytics. So we can lose tons of time you know, talking about that. And you know, there are some people that get hurt by it. Jordan, some of the things that you're doing become more difficult, I don't think impossible, mm-hmm. but more difficult, but at the end of the day, I really believe that there's not going to be that much impact. The industry will survive and will continue to find money to, uh, ways to make money off of it because the content resonates and the ads are wanted. Even if we just do surveys, if we move to a simply survey-based and just a blind chart by each app, I still think that this industry can continue its trajectory revenue-wise, both advertising and just creator-driven.
17: Hey, Jordan, can I uh, tack on to what Brian just said? Sure. Go for it. I mean, I watch YouTube ads. I must watch more ads than actually YouTube at this point because <laughs> I don't know how Premium, many ads stuff on a YouTube video, but like Brian said, it seems like they're an endless supply. So as podcasting keeps growing and the ad money keeps finding its way in, I think it's going to keep funneling in and it's going to find a home somewhere to someone's podcast.
1: Well, I'm fairly sure you're correct there. I know that YouTube is a platform, so they have internal data they can use for targeting, but smart, very smart people with multi billion dollar industries are going to be trying to figure this out. So I'm not, I don't think all is lost, right? I think we, we should be okay. Uh, Hala, I know you have one more that you're done yeah. your kitchen for.
0: So this is a really, really interesting question, and I'm going to tee it up to Brian and Chris, but then anybody on stage who has an opinion, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So podcasting, it's been around for a while, but we're still sort of an immature space. And there's a lot of gaps, especially when it comes to analytics. Like this is a space where it's really the wild, wild west a lot of the time, and it's very disparate. And so I'd love to hear what you guys think the gaps are in analytics for podcasting and what the future may be like when it comes to analytics. So let's go to Brian and then Chris and then anybody else else who wants to add something, just uh, flash your mic and we'll call on you?
6: I, I like that question. I, I think the hard truth is is that the industry doesn't have the stomach for more advanced analytics, because everything is going to be smaller than a download. Download is the greatest possible number that we possibly could report for the size of a show and for the success of it, right? Like for what you can sell. So if you do listens, which is a subset of downloads, if you have a million downloads, you're doing great, right? But now you only have 800,000 listens. So now you have to argue the fact that your download, uh, like your CPM for downloads weren't inflated, they just baked into the fact that there was a 20% loss from download to listen. I think every bit of additional information we get on the analytics of the show actually becomes a bigger headache and and hurts the smaller shows. And I think even the, high, the bigger shows, they just are able to say, hey, that's what it is. That's the number. If you don't want it, that's fine. I drive performance. Because the reality is, even a show with 100 listeners can drive 50 conversions if it is the right match. So I think that the attribution and being able to do promo codes or pixel-based or tag-based attribution to say the person listened to the ad and they uh, went and converted, that will show you the successful match on the advertising side, that will show you the draw. So when a, uh, when a host can drive somebody somewhere, that's more important. So yeah, I, I spend my whole day digging into this stuff and the additional metrics. I I don't think we, we would see TechCrunch articles talking about podcast industry cut in half by listener statistics becoming mainstream. Mm-hmm. It would not yeah. be good.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. And I think, look, technical solutions are going to increase to where advertisers, like I would gladly buy 10,000 shows that had 100 listeners if I could do it in a really easily scalable way, right? But that technology isn't quite there yet, but it eventually will be. Whether that's offered by a major platform like Spotify or some hosting company decides to make an ads market like Megaphone has, but with very small shows, I, would lo- I think advertisers would be on board. They're just going to dynamically insert ads into any show they can, get, they can get their hands on, frankly. And I think that'll go a little bit of the distance to sort of solve the issue but you're right you're right with the metrics thank you so much i know there's a lot we can ask about this and it's like nerdville and i love it but we do need to run into the contest we're going to be doing our stitcher pitcher podcast contest here throughout the night three lucky winners are going to get featured in the app for one week six lucky runners up are going to get Elgato gato face cam three months at his script and we're going to hear some pitches right now Hala correct?
0: Yes. So we've got our contestants on the stage. So we are going to um, get this started. Again, if you guys haven't yet, make sure you join the Slick Text community so you can cast your vote. Go ahead and do that now before we get started. And Jessica, I'd love to hear if you are ready to go. Yes, I am ready to go. Okay. With full energy. I love it. I'm going to count you down. All right. So three, two. One, go. Do you know someone who's going through a divorce, is divorced, or wants to and probably should get a divorce?
7: The Divorce Etc podcast hosted by the X Experts is a funny, uplifting, and no BS conversation with TH and Jessica. Two best friends who got divorced at the exact same time more than 12 years ago. We've lived it, so we get it. The Divorce Etc. podcast is us asking the hard questions to both vetted industry professionals as well as real-life experts like us who get it and now look at divorce as an opportunity. You don't know what you don't know, but we do. Our podcast is the ultimate resource for everything divorce. Your legal, your money, your family, your stuff, and oh yeah, yourself at any stage of the process. We are your reality check. There isn't a right way to divorce, but divorce, et cetera, can help you find your way. Perfect. Oh, right on time. Not wow.
5: bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, I like, I like the idea of the, well, I like the concept of vulnerability, I should say, you know, behind this, because there's a concept in rapport and vulnerability and connection where, and this is some Brene Brown stuff probably, but you know, you have to kind of open that door first. And not everybody has somebody they can confide in about something like this. So they, I, I bet you hear this all the time that you might be so, the only people that someone can turn to in this time because their family doesn't understand it or won't understand it and they feel really alone. So you're kind of a virtual best friend for probably a lot of people going through a rough time.
0: That's what we're trying to do. <laughs> it's working. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Really good idea. Bravo. I mean, solving a, a problem that people have is always a great idea.
1: Yeah. Anywhere you can. Anywhere you can. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, holla.
0: All right. So we got our next contestant, and it is she is Vanessa Quirk. Vanessa, welcome to Clubhouse, first of all. Thank you for joining the app for the contest. Are you ready to go?
7: Yes, Vanessa is here. I am ready to go.
0: All right. I'm gonna count you down. Three, two, one, go. So in
7: Brooklyn, New York, there's this cemetery. It's beautiful. It's huge. It's called Greenwood. Tourists and New Yorkers visit there every day. But most people who go there, they only ever see the really impressive and well-preserved graves of the elite. Hardly anybody goes to the Freedom Lots. That's where, way in the back, African-Americans were buried. Their tombs are broken. Some are buried. They're lost under the earth. These people and their stories are at risk of being forgotten forever. These are the stories that we uncover for urban roots. Me, Vanessa, and my historic preservationist co host, we go to these urban places, these places that are especially significant to people of color, and that are at risk of being lost. And we tell their stories.
1: That's really interesting. I, okay, so first of all, you're not like digging up gravestones that are undercovered,
7: ah! are you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. But we talked to an amazing woman who's the curator of the Freedom Lots, and she's the one like going through the archives, finding out the like histories, and she's the one digging up some of the the tombs and like restoring them. It's pretty incredible.
1: Wow, that's really really interesting. Yeah, I kind of just pictured you guys being like, "All right, bring your shovel and." Bring your microphone. <laughs> oh yeah, man, that's-
7: that would be great scene tape.
1: <laughs> yes, it would. It would also <laughs> probably land you in prison, which might get yeah. some media attention. Look, all press is good press when it comes to podcasts, right? So, yes, cool, great really idea, for yeah, a show. super, yeah. Thank super you.
0: innovative and different. I love that. Thanks Thank for so yeah, great job. All right, we've got Stacy up next. Stacy Zant, welcome to the stage. Thank you. It's so good to be here. All right, are you ready for your pitch? I am. Okay, I'm going to count you down. Three, two, one, go. Imagine you're sitting under a deep blue blank sky. Then
7: a shooting star comes. Then you begin to think dream that you can do anything. The earth is your canvas and you are the creator. You no longer have doubt. You're absolutely fearless, which does not mean you have no fear. It means the more you surround yourself with fearless creators and shooting stars, you fear less. As you listen to the Fearless Creator podcast hosted by Stacey Zant, you will receive inspirational ideas, interviews with fearless creators, and stories that will captivate you as you are equipped to thrive and plan to fearlessly create the deep blue blank sky isn't so scary after all it's limitless
1: thank you wow right on time i love it so do you have a drama background because that was quite the performance you just gave i feel like
4: (laughs) i do
7: yes
1: (laughs) okay now it all makes sense i'm like if when i pitch i just talk really fast i don't have any kind of My delivery clearly needs work. I really appreciated that. You threw a lot into that one. Thank you so much for that, Stacey. Holla, do you want to reset a little bit? I know we've got a tell some folks what we're doing
0: yeah let's reset in case you're new to the room and you're like what is going on here you guys are tuning in to the stitcher winter podcast ball if you've already entered that slick text community you're just going to get prompted with a text as soon as it's time to vote so we're going to get to the next contestant and that would be nikki green who's on stage here nikki are you ready to go what's up party people Hey, I'm glad that you're coming with full energy. I'm going to count you down and then you'll get into your pitch, okay? Three, two, one, go. Bienvenidos todos. Soy Nikki G, la anfitriona de
4: parte y se destacado. Hi, everyone. I'm Nikki G, the host of Stand Up and Stand Out, the show for those leaving university and heading into the workforce or for those already working but disillusioned by their current job. We're here to help those in transition find a life with purpose so they can pursue their passion. There's no syllabus for this part of the journey. It's time for you to choose your own adventure. Let us help you map the path that aligns with your values and supports your goals and dreams. Work doesn't have to be a bad four-letter word. By bringing your strengths to the table, the impossible can become possible. Vote Nikki G.
1: Nice. Wow. When you started in Spanish, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I thought maybe you were just <laughs> Same here. I was
0: like, wait a second. I don't know one's going to understand this, but it was like, actually right, really, gonna... it was really cool. I liked that.
1: Yeah, it was cool. I thought, all right, she's going for a very specific audience. She's going to corner that one. And that's, that's how she's going to play. It's an interesting strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're well, bilingual.
4: That. So we, uh, this is actually my third language is Spanish. So we try to uh, hit a lot of different audiences with our content.
1: So what's the second language?
4: French. And
18: sometimes
1: okay. English, <laughs> sometimes, yeah, English and bad, like uh, yeah, English and bad English is is where I'm at with it. Thank you so much, I appreciate that. Thank really, you. Really fun pitch.
0: Thank you for joining the contest. All right, Tasha, you're up next. Are you ready to go? I am. Amazing. I'm going to count you down, and then you're going to go ahead and do your pitch. Three, two, one, go
16: good evening my name is tasha ray and i am the host of womanhood decoded where each episode i endeavor to explore the intersections of womanhood motherhood and sexuality Why is that, you wonder? Well, I was born in the 80s. My mom was born in the 50s. If life was a cake for my mom, it was to become a wife, a mother, and then career. In my world, my focus is to make a social impact, and then everything else follows. How did all of that change in just one generation? That's what I'm exploring. So vote Tasha Ray, and my podcast is Womanhood Decoded, where we get to the bottom of womanhood.
1: Great. Thank you. Well done. I appreciate that. It sounds like it might not be, I might not be the target demographic for that podcast, but I can still appreciate a good, a very good pitch. And I can also kind of imagine what it's like talking about some of those topics. Well, with your mom who was born in the 50s, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe an interesting guest appearance there. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right, we have one I, more, do we not? How long? Yes,
0: we actually have two more, so we're going to keep oh, okay. it moving. Adam, you're up next, or is it Adam? I, I don't know, I'm not sure. Adam. Adam, Adam. Adam. so hey. it's, it's a very fancy. grand name, yeah, fancy. Uh, are you ready to say your pitch?
19: Yeah, sure, can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can hear sure. you loud and clear.
19: Awesome.
0: Three, two, one, go.
19: Journalist roommate and I are looking at each other thinking, well, crap, pandemic, social upheaval, political disintegration, media falling apart, Is this the end of the world as we know it? In fact, the country is so divided that even our statologies, our narratives about the end of the world are totally irreconcilable. So we started on certain things as a way of finding meaning in this chaos. We don't seek to reconcile the contradictions, but rather to learn to cope with them, to learn how to live with, even embrace uncertainty. So we talked to deep thinkers, mental health experts, cognitive scientists, economists, and historians to help us make baby steps in learning what it means to live in an uncertain society where the things we used to take for granted no longer apply.
1: All right, perfect. That got I I heard a lot of the the uh, latter half there. I had a little audio problem, but I I really appreciate this. I think it's a, an interesting sort of niche here as well. And I, I appreciate the the pitch. Hala, you may have heard a little bit more of that than I did. If you want to give him a little bit more feedback than I did, I think I possibly got disconnected.
0: No, I think you did a great job, Adam. I mean, I think it's a great concept and I think you really did an amazing job with your pitch. So thank you for joining us. And we're going to get to the last pitch of the night, which is Mark Savant. Mark is actually a panelist as well. And we had one spot reserved and Mark really wants to pitch his podcast. So we're going to give him a shot. Mark, are you ready? Ready
9: to go. What's up? What's up? What's up? Ready to go.
0: All right. Three, two, one,
16: go.
9: Side hustling is all the rage, and the new digital marketplace is opening up so many opportunities. So, what works, and how can we leverage those tools? The After Hours Entrepreneur podcast is all about leveraging these new and innovative tools to scale your project into a legitimate source of income. I'm Mark, and I've been an employee my entire life. About four years ago, I recognized the marketplace shifting and I started side hustling. In the past four months, I've made more money than the past four years. My goal with Daft Air as Entrepreneur is to help you avoid these pitfalls, these problems, these issues, and get your show listened to. Listen, sit down as a fly on the wall, get a backstage pass to all the challenges that I've faced building my podcast production agency. And heck, we're even bringing experts like Pat Flynn, Jasmine Star, Holla Tahap, Evan Carmichael, John Lee Dumas, and so many more. Go to your app. Download the App Hour's Entrepreneur right now. Perfect. Good CTA at the
0: end. There, Mm, I love
1: somebody who knows about
9: CTAs. I love.
0: I loved uh, how you plugged me in there. That was nice. Yeah.
9: Brownie points. Working on Jordan too, but Holly, you rock.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Mark. Awesome. Well, that concludes round three of the Pitch Your Podcast contest presented by Stitcher. We're going to announce the winners right after this last panel, which is called So That's How You Grow a Show. And we've got amazing panelists coming up. If you guys haven't yet, make sure you click that link at the top of the screen called Young and Profiting Podcast Linktree and join the Slick Text community so you can cast your vote for round three. Make sure you guys go ahead and do that. And we're going to put out the text right now for everyone to cast their vote for this last round. And so I hope, uh, you know, everybody who pitched their podcast, at least you got great practice. Uh, Even if you didn't win, everybody is a winner tonight for coming up and being so brave to give your pitch and have everybody learn about your show. We'll be right back after a quick break from our sponsors. I want to talk to all you employers out there and let's talk about company culture. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash profiting free with code profiting free. And now for our last panel of the night. So that's how you grow a show.
1: Yeah, show growth is something I'm super interested in. I think a lot of creators are interested in growing a show. I know for years, there was kind of no reliable way to grow a show, so I'm pretty excited for this. We have Sean Anthony on this panel, host of Schools Over, Now What? It's a podcast. I've spoken with him offline about this as well. He's the lead mentor at the Now What Academy. James Cridland, who you just heard from before, and of course, editor of Pod News, a radio futurologist. Are you going to change that from radio futurologist to podcast futurologist? Because isn't podcasting like the future? Well, whatever, I'll ask you that later. He's a writer, a consultant, and public speaker on Radio's Future, which apparently, in my opinion, is podcasting. Mark Savant host of the After Hours Entrepreneur Podcast you heard from before, owner of Mark Savant Media, which makes podcast production simple, and Adam Posner, founder of NHP Talent, host of the Pazcast, which I've been on, I believe, and Raven Blair Glover, Raven, aka the talk show Maven, I like how you rhymed it, former CNN radio personality and host of the Profitable Podcaster Show. Welcome, y'all, it's a big panel. I'm excited to do it. Everyone wants to know how to grow their show and uh well why don't i start with you james since i threw you under the bus in your very own intro
18: thanks (laughs) you got it what
1: what about the future of radio i mean is the future of radio not just kind of podcasting slash what we're doing
18: right now well, the future of radio is, is, is eventually is going to be that, but uh, one shouldn't forget that radio has uh, nine out of 10 people in the US using it every single week, which is a tremendous figure. The, the, the number for podcasting is far, far smaller, um, around four out of 10 people. So podcasting has a long way to grow, which is great, which is a really good thing for where our future is. But you can very clearly see that the future, particularly for younger audiences, is on-demand content much more than live and Spoken word is most certainly where the future is. So the days of of radio being 10 great songs in a row and and all that kind of stuff, and number one for hip-hop and R&B, tedious, dull, nobody cares anymore. It's it's all about spoken word, which is great because that's what podcasting is. Perfect.
1: Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate you taking that sort of on the fly there. Sean, uh, I know you've grown your show in sort of like, I I don't want to say growth hacker type of ways, but I see you popping up at different conferences and things like that so i'm wondering what key ways you've actually grown your show because you don't just go the typical route of, of podcast ads you've done other things that are interesting
20: what's up jordan uh, first off thanks for having me i kind of i kind of yeah. felt like i kind of feel like floyd mayweather or javante tank davis you know how you're like waiting to get into the ring. Uh, <laughs> I'm finally here man uh, a couple of things Remember, in terms of like growing your show i, I would say for me the hack behind it is truly understanding how to really build relationships. You know, I, I come from the angle of not depending upon ads, you know, almost a, the absolute different way than a lot of people may think about it, right? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to test the audience real quick right now. If, if you guys buy something off Amazon, for me, for example, I'm gonna, this is like my myth busting tonight. If you buy something off Amazon and you read the reviews before you buy it, it's holiday season, I want you to just raise your hand. Just raise your hand, and all oh, these like, oh, no one's gonna bring you up. Let's see. All right, I see Denise. Okay, I see. I see a bunch of hands going up right now. If if you go to Amazon, you just read reviews. I see stuff. Okay, I see a lot of hands. All right. So the reason why I'm saying that, right, is because believe it or not, there are some people who still check those things in terms of saying, okay, what's what's the relatability of this show? Is this something that I want to listen to? Also, I would say the real hack as well is collaboration with Pacific people, right? So there's a certain person that you want on your show, reaching out to that person and getting those names, having them on your show. And then it's like a domino effect. So I've had the blessing of having, you know, Beyonce's dad, Matthew Knowles on the show, Ed Marlatz on the show. Everyone's had the, the Grant Cardone's, but I'm talking about, you know, the Grammy award winners. And that's just a domino effect of getting that one huge fish, which leads you to the whales. So that's a couple of things that I just want to mention off early.
0: Mm, I love that. Sean, you're yeah. always dropping gems. Really good stuff. So I, I have a question for the panel. And a lot of people who are up and coming as podcasters, they're not monetizing their show yet. They're not making any money. And they don't have money for media buys or running commercials on other podcasts, which That's how all like the major network shows like really grow their shows. So I want to hear your most creative way to grow your show that requires no money. And let's kick it off with Adam. I'm going to put you on the spot.
19: Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of um, parlaying off of what Sean said before. It's all about the audience arbitrage. You know, my my show has a specific niche with with job seekers, anyone in HR, talent, recruiting, because I unpack folks' career journeys. So I like to play the audience arbitrage game and find folks and invite guests on who have big, active audiences and engage them and kind of look to see if that potential guest has shared other podcasts before. So I I use that as a... um, kind of a, uh, an indicator if it's going to be a good potential match to help me spread the name of, of my show. But on the paid side, you know what? I mean, Holly, you introduced me. You know, for, for folks that are not really in you know, celebrities or have a big cachet with them or athletes or anything, sometimes you just got to get your show in front of people. But the whole thing is once you start to get those people in front of you, look at that retention metric are people continuing to listen. And that'll really show you if that spend has been worth it. Adam, out.
0: Yeah, it looks like. like uh Sean wants to add something
20: something to that. Yeah, most definitely. I would I would say this. A lot of people in this room right now have a skill set. You have something that you're you're capable of doing. Someone knows you as the best person that does X, Y, Z. Maybe you got a course inside of you, a webinar, a product. The quickest way I got to the bag is I became my own if a commercial. So before I would introduce whoever it is, or perhaps even a solo episode, I would mention, hey, the show is sponsored by and aha, the surprise sponsor is myself. But what I found out was that people were purchasing whatever I was saying. So, so, so the hack I want to give to anybody right now is become your own Info commercial if you do not have the data, if you do not have the stats, because you have a skill set that's desired.
0: Mm, I love that. Raven, I have a question for you because you've been crushing it on Clubhouse And you came onto the scene and just doing your thing on this app. And so I'd love to hear how you've been leveraging social audio to grow your podcast.
21: Absolutely. But first, let me say, hey,
0: what's up, Holla and Jordan? You guys are
21: rocking it. So I want to give you your props for that. Okay, (laughs) for sure. And then as far as um, Clubhouse, it has been amazing for me. Club Pod, Steve Osher, being in his group, got me on Clubhouse. And you're right, Holla. It just, I, it felt so much like radio to me. And from me being on CNN and CBS radio, I, I felt alive you know the the it was totally different from podcasting because you're actually seeing your audience you're not guessing who in the heck is listening to you and you're able to engage and talk to them and have them ask questions so you know I really love clubhouse I got a chance to meet all kind of different people in club pod outside of club pod and I'm I'm a big believer of connecting with I guess you could say OPC other people's community so I was starting to follow people that had clubs and they would bring me up and it would give me a chance to you know introduce myself and and grow in here and then I just started teaching and training and mentoring uh, much like Steve osher has us in club pot so that was real easy for me because I love teaching and training and mentoring and of course giving that call to action right sending them to my calendar sending them to you know webinar whatever I was able to send them to I would send send them there so that they can get more of me and give them a free gift. So it's been amazing. I love Clubhouse.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you've been doing so well. And I know that a lot of people who are podcasting and using Clubhouse are really seeing some great gains in terms of their show metrics. Jordan, any question for the panel from your end?
1: Uh, Yeah, of course. I, I mean, look, people are always wanting to grow. Some people have a budget. I think, you know, this is up for grabs, but I think maybe Mark or Raven, who we haven't heard much from yet. What if you have a little bit of budget? What are some of the types of things you could do to grow a show? Have you deployed budget at all?
21: Yeah, this is Raven. Um, That's a great question, Jordan. And yes, I do like to invest in advertising. I like to, you know, do some things that are free and see where it'll take me. But what I I like to do is invest in uh, press releases, you know because I love being featured on the the CNN the CBS the the Fox blogs and stuff like that and then I can leverage from that by posting it and you know it doesn't really get you know any sales or anything but it's great for giving you that google ranking so I absolutely love that another thing that I like doing to help me as far as paid to play type things you know if there is a way to get a banner whether it's a virtual banner or a banner that's actually on the street virtual banners do really good there's uh, different places that offer where you can pay a fee of 25 or or 50 dollars or something like that to get on other podcasters show and they don't have to be you know um, household names but they're they're bi- probably bigger than you are you know what I'm saying so it may not be a Joe Rogan but it's still someone that get maybe gets more listeners and so you're able to do that I'll invest in that. And uh, sometimes you can get a real good deal for TV and radio commercials. So I like to, you know, do some TV ads because you're starting to see more and more. And I'm sure Holla and Jordan and the rest of the panel, you, you're probably noticing on CNN and on these TV shows, which is really It's kind of funny to me, but interesting because I've been doing podcasting since 2006. And to see so many podcast commercials on TV, it's really wonderful. It tells you exactly where we're going, you know. And so I'm starting to invest more advertising in that, Jordan.
1: Great. Perfect. Adam, what about you? You've been a little quiet. We haven't gotten much over to you. Do you deploy budget at all with your show growth or with growing your show?
19: Yeah, absolutely. And this is the first year that I've done that. um, And I really needed to kind of give it a kickstart because I I truly believe in my show. I believe in my abilities as a host. I took some of your constructive feedback when you're on, so thank you for that. And I was like, you know what? I need to get this show in front of more eyeballs and and, and ears. And the way to do that is with media spend and testing different platforms. I've done tests on the CastBox. I did a recent test on player.fm and seeing what works, what resonates and where you're going to really get the most bang for your buck. And again, as i mentioned, mentioned before, it's all about retaining that audience and keeping them active.
1: What are you doing to retain your audience and keep them active? I might as well pivot to that
19: question. No, that's, you... that's, that's, a good, that's a good question. I, um, in the last three months I, 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 it was actually almost a happy accident. I found myself about 12 to 15 episodes ahead, which is never good. I mean, in the can, as us uh, pros like to say, right. fully produced. And what was happening was the shows were getting, not the content of the shows per se were getting stale because I wasn't talking about current events, but the guests were waiting on it and you have less uh, an opportunity for the guest to share a show as long the further time goes. It's just a matter of fact. So I decided coming
1: on this comes out in April of 2025. (laughs) Exactly.
19: You know what I'm saying there. So what I did was I started to double up the shows. Instead of putting out one show a week, I started to go two shows a week. The numbers started to go up. They could not not just total downloads obviously, but listens per show. And it showed that indicated to me that the audience wanted more. They wanted to hear and binge more content. And that's exactly what I did. And then you know I recently brought on a couple of new paid sponsors for the first time and i was able to drive more revenue and invest that revenue directly back into ad and it just fuels the beast man
9: I'd, lo- I'd love Thank to you expand so on that that way oh, so this is mark speaking getting engagement from your your audience is really important but but really difficult right it's really easy on youtube where you can see how many likes you get people leave comments and whatnot podcasting oftentimes feels like a one-way road right one of the things I've really focused on over the past year specifically is really trying to focus my calls to action on, let's chat, let's talk, let's hop on an email, let's hop on a phone call. I actually got this from Travis Chappelle over at Grow Your Show. Just getting on as many calls with your audience as possible, invaluable, invaluable. That's great. It, it seems crazy to a lot of folks.
1: Like, I can't believe you're going to call strangers on the internet and do it You know, a dozen times a month. This makes no sense. I mean, I still DM everywhere. I'll chat with fans on Instagram, LinkedIn messages. You know, I have conversations with thousands of people and I kind of feel like if I can do that with an audience my size, then anybody can and should do it. And it creates loyal listeners for a long time. I mean, people will cut you a lot of slack if they hate one of your episodes or disagree with you politically, or, you know, we're going to fade out. If you're like the person that actually replied to them when they needed help with something or sent them something uh, that they asked for. I mean, it really just a little goes a long way because you do have that opportunity to interact directly with people in a way that's not just like a a little like heart on a photo or a message. So Mm -hmm. there's something there.
0: I see James uh, has something to add. I was actually just going to ask James a question. So James, I'd love to hear your thoughts.
18: Oh, I was just going to add and say that um, there are the real basics that you need to do with any Podcast. one of the first things is to choose a great name. I I did some research a couple of months ago. There are 1,719 podcasts out there which are called Real Talk. Uh, So don't call yourself Real Talk. Call yourself a name that actually explains what it is that you actually do. Eric Newsom writes something in a book that he's uh, written uh, called Make Noise, which is all about um, uh, clarifying what your podcast stands for. If you can't explain what your podcast is in 10 words or less, then you're doing it wrong. And I think that that's a great piece of advice to uh, take on. And I think also making sure that you're on every single platform as well. That's a really important thing. It's really fascinating to me how many podcasts haven't bothered to be listed on all of the platforms out there, not just Apple Podcasts, but also things like Spotify, of course, but um, other platforms like uh, Geosarvan and Ghana, which are two large Indian ones, or Amazon Music or Samsung. Or, you know, there's a bunch of other podcast directories out there that you really ought to be in. And if you're not in, then you are guaranteed missing audiences. So massively important to be there. And then massively important just to promote um, your website. Don't promote Apple Podcasts because 70% of the world doesn't use Um, Apple devices they use Android phones so there's no point in just linking through to the Apple Podcasts page because that's going to do nothing for you so make sure that you're using a website uh, for your podcast if you're using a decent host like uh, Captivate or others then they will give you uh, a really nice looking website for your podcast free uh, as part of what you actually get and that is so worthwhile just making sure that that looks really good and that it's really easy and simple for anyone to find your podcast on their own favorite platform
1: perfect yeah you you know on that note i got a text message from a friend i think it was yesterday and he said hey i just got an email from amazon that that has your show it said are you interested in the jordan harbinger show and he just who knows how many people they mailed that to i didn't have any feature arranged with them that i know of or recall I just somehow got picked in Amazon. And I remember manually submitting in the Amazon app a few months ago or whenever it was first available. And this could be automated. Maybe they send out as many podcast recommendations as they do emails that are individualized. But there's a good chance that a few hundred or a few thousand people who don't subscribe to the show... Amazon got that email. So there is something about casting a wide net in the form of being on every platform that you can find. And most podcast hosts, like for example, you mentioned Captivate, they allow you to select the destination. You know, if you're if you're publishing your show, Spotify or Apple, for example, you should be in all of those. And they're pretty widely supported, and um so thank you, James, and I yeah. by the way,
18: and that, and there's a bunch more by the way, that, that you can find. there's a big list of them at uh, on the pod news website. If you just do a search for podcast directories, then you'll find that.
0: James, since you are Mr. Pod News, and I know you do a ton of research, I've got to ask this question because I think everybody in this room is going to get massive value. I want to know what really matters when it comes to podcast SEO? What really matters? Because I think there's lots of different schools of thought on this.
18: So actually, I did a bunch of research about three or four months ago with um, a guy called Mark Steadman, who is a UK podcaster. And on two of our podcasts, we put some really weird characters in there to work to be able to work out exactly what podcast apps are indexing and what they're not indexing. And what I can tell you is just focus on the titles of your episodes and the title and maybe the description of your podcast itself. If you look at Apple, then the only things that Apple bothers with is the title of your show, your name, so the the author of the show, and the title of every single episode. If you search for anything which is in the description, whether it's in an episode description or the show description, Apple Podcasts won't find you. It's, it's a waste of time. Now, I would definitely make sure that you've got lots of useful information in the show descriptions, but really work on those, on those titles. Um, make sure that they aren't full of useless stuff like episode numbers and all of that kind of thing. And make sure that um, you really focus on bringing, you know, again, it comes down to if you look at the success of podcast, for example, the success of podcast is really because they name their shows really, really simply they have a show about serial killers which is called serial killers so when you do a, a search for podcast serial killers it it'll, it'll always find it so that's the basic uh, uh, thing there's a ton more information of course that you can that you can find out from that particular article but just focus on the on the titles is probably a good plan
1: perfect thank you so much hello We need to, uh we anyway, announce some of these winners. Yes,
0: it is time for the grand prize announcement for our top three winners. And now for the time you've all been waiting for, the winners of our Stitcher Pitcher Podcast Contest.
20: The
1: round one winner, so he's going to get a feature in the Stitcher app, yeah, is... Abdul Rahman Malik. So congrats to you, man. You set the bar really high very early on in the competition, and you are now getting a kick-ass feature in the app. So congratulations. And Hala, what are the logistics of him sort of getting in touch with you about this. You obviously have his contact info. Yeah, we pitch. have
0: because he registered in advanced and, uh, came Great. and did his pitch. I have his email. So Abdul, you'll be getting an email from me and from Emma. Congratulations, uh, for, and you're going to get featured in the Stitcher app for one week. Perfect. Awesome. Let's kick it off to winner number two and I'll go ahead and announce, uh, The winner for the Stitcher Pitcher podcast contest for round two is Sharice Alexander. Congratulations. You're going to get featured in the Stitcher app for one week. You're going to get a swag bag and uh, some other features in the app. So congratulations. Amazing. Jordan, do you want to do uh, round number three's winner?
1: Yeah, round number three. The winner of round number three, of course, also getting a feature in the Stitcher app is Jessica Klingbaum congratulations that was a really good pitch I really enjoyed it and I think you're going to get a lot of traction from that feature congratulations and thank you for participating Uh, we will be in touch about that as well so that's thank you to everyone of course who participated they were this had to be really tough I mean I know people voted and I'm glad because I would not want to be a judge judging all of these myself I'm glad it came down to a vote instead of my unqualified opinion
0: yeah, I'm really happy that the audience voted and it was just, you know, a mutual decision and consensus. I think that's a beautiful thing. Lauren is tallying up the runner-ups uh, who are going to get the Elgato face cams and the three months of Descript. So we're going to announce those shortly. Before we do that, we do have some folks uh, left on stage and I'm going to ask one last question and we can do a round robin. And that's what should every podcaster do going forward in the new year in 2022? What's the one thing that every podcaster should do? Uh, Dimple, are you still on stage? I am. All right. I'd love to hear your thoughts. What's the one thing that a podcaster should do in 2022?
4: I think that even if you have a show where you interview guests, I think you should also do some solo episodes because a podcast is a platform to really showcase your expertise. And you can really do that when it's you, you're talking about you know your niche or what your um, specialty is, what you can help people with. And I would say use it as a platform you know, to generate leads and grow your personal brand because a podcast is a marketing tool. It's a marketing platform that helps you build your personal brand.
0: Love it. Uh, Let's move on to Mark. What's the one thing every podcaster should do in 2022?
9: Oh gosh, there's so many. I'll go with something that stuck with me from Tim Ferriss, reading Tim Ferriss' book for our work week a few years ago. Get comfortable with discomfort. Get comfortable with discomfort. If you're going to have success in your podcast, in your business, in your life, you're going to need to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. You need to learn from them. Quite frankly, I didn't really feel like pitching tonight, but when I heard the pitches go, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get comfortable with discomfort. I'm going to put it out there. So try something new. Start talking to strangers that you normally would be nervous to do. Take a shot at, at great people to come on your show. Just get comfortable with discomfort. Start trying new things.
0: Awesome. And before we continue the round, Robin, we did tally up the runner ups who are going to get an Elgato face cam and three months of Descript. Jordan, do you want to do the honors there?
1: Sure. Yeah, the runners up are James Perdue. Steph is what I have here. No last name. I assume we do have her last name, though, somewhere. Sasha. Also no last name. But of course, we have that in our records. Nikki Green, Adam James. And Mark Savant. So, thank you all so much again for participating, and y'all will get the face cam as well. So, we'll need a mailing address ostensibly, and also three months of and You can't beat that.
0: Yes. So if you guys were an impromptu pitch, which I think many of you were, like Steph, Sasha, anyone who we didn't have your last name, make sure you DM Lauren up on stage with your email address so that we can communicate with you and get your shipping address and all that. So again, if you did an impromptu pitch, go ahead and DM Lauren on stage with your email so that we can get you all the proper stuff and so that we can get you rewarded with your prize. Congratulations to all the winners. Uh, We're going to keep it going with our round robin to close off the night. Adam, what is the one thing every podcaster should do going forward in 2022?
19: Well, I'm going to take advantage and give you two quick things. One is... Get extremely creative and experimental with repurposing your content for promotion. Try different things with video, audio, different social media platforms. See what works. Be creative, not just with audio. The second thing that I've been doing lately is if I crush it as a guest on someone else's podcast and maybe they don't have the same level of downloads that I do, I will ask them if I could repurpose their show with the proper Rights and giving them credit and everything and air that broadcast on my podcast. And it's worked a couple of times and my audience loves it. Why not?
0: I love that tip. I do that all the time too. And I find my audience really likes it because they don't often get to hear about my story, especially when you have an interview podcast. And so I think that's a great hack, Adam. Great tip.
19: Yeah. I mean, uh, speaking of that, everyone should check out Hala's episode on my show. Quick little plug.
0: Yeah. And you've got an episode on my show. So there you go. That's how we do. All right, Raven, what is the one thing every podcaster should do in 2022?
21: Broadcast, 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 and multicast. Get everywhere. Be seen everywhere. You know, when you do your podcast, cut that camera on and catch the video. Do live streams. Just really be out there. Don't focus on the numbers. Just focus on being everywhere. So multicast is my answer. Holla.
0: Ooh, I love that. Good tip. James, all the way from Australia. I'd love to hear what you think every podcaster should do in 2022.
18: Well, this is slightly self-serving, but keep up to date with the industry. If you don't know what's going on in the industry, you don't know what new platforms are launching, what new opportunities there are for monetization and everything else, then you're doing yourself down because you're missing out on opportunities. Uh, One way of doing that, of course, is to subscribe to podnews.net, which is free. Um, But there are other um, podcast newsletters and things like that. They're not as good, obviously, uh, but they are available as well uh, if you want to go and grab that. But keep up to date with the industry because... because it's a really, really fast-moving industry.
1: It is. I'll vouch for that. Pod News is good. Of course, I recommend that as well. I read it every day, and I've only regretted it a few times. So I can vouch for that.
0: (laughs) Pod News is the best. Thank you so much, James, for joining. Before we close, Emma, I'd love for you to explain how people can get featured in the Stitcher app, potentially, even if they didn't win tonight. I know there's a way to submit their show.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And that would be my recommendation looking into 2022. Um, you can submit your show for promotion going to stitcherapp.com slash promote my show. That's stitcherapp.com slash promote my show. And you can fill out the form and hopefully your show or episode will be featured in the Stitcher app at some point in 2022.
0: Amazing. Emma, thank you so much for supporting this event and for graciously offering those grand prizes of being featured in the app. Jordan, my mentor, my friend, thank you so much for attending the longest event you've ever attended in your life. I appreciate it so much.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's just a lot of fun. It's sort of a live radio kind of fun. Night and we got to give stuff away, which is really cool and really fun. And thanks to the panel for for uh, coming in as well. I know it's never easy to sit there and wait, and then uh, be able to to help other people out is really important. Though, so I appreciate that. So the opportunity was and, and honor was all mine.
0: Yeah, thank you so much again. Thank you to the panelists, to everybody who pitched their podcast, to Emma at Stitcher. Uh, if you guys haven't, make sure you follow Club Pod so that you always know when really cool events like this are happening. Uh, with that. Thank you so much for a great night. Jordan, any closing words from you?
1: No, I just hope people take action on some of the stuff that they've learned. It's really easy to come to a lot of events or listen to a lot of talks and then write down everything and take a bunch of notes and then never do anything. Write down one or two things that you're really going to do, maybe even three, and just focus on those. It's better to do one or two things than to think you're going to do 20 and end up doing nothing at all. And, and that's really how I started. A lot of experiments results in nothing. So in podcasting and growing a show for that matter is all about experiments. So that's what I encourage people to do in in the next year. And we'll probably see everyone at the next winter ball if we do this again.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, let's make this a yearly tradition. With that, guys, have a great night and we'll see you the next time around. Good night, everybody.